You know what this is like? It's like those old movies we both love. Now I'm going to tell you my whole plan, and then I'm going to come up with some absurd and convoluted way to kill you, and you'll find an equally convoluted way to escape. Sounds good to me. Well, this ain't that kind of movie. Hello and welcome to another movie podcast. My name is Oscar, and with me today is... Ralph. That's right, Ralph, my co-host, my Sorry, eternal co-host. A, a little under the weather, Ralph, but uh, Ralph, let's... That's right, you are. We almost missed this recording window, little window here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all good. We, we're here, we made it, so it's fine. Um, this is episode number 135, and uh, the three movies that we are going to review, as we always do, three movies, are the ones chosen by me, yeah, um, your friendly neighborhood Oscar. And those three movies are going to be The Night House, Reminiscence, and Take Shelter as part of our little mini marathon where we're doing 10-year, 20-year, and 30-year anniversaries of movies. Um, This is kind of new, so this is only 10 years. 10 years ago, Take Shelter came out. So that's what we're going to be doing this, uh, this week. You can always find this show and all of our other shows at otherpodcast.com. Not to mention, um, well, we do have a Twitter and stuff, but we never use it, so I don't promote it for obvious reasons. But whatever podcaster choice uh, you're using, or like like Podbean, iTunes, whatever, um, that's where you can find us mainly. So that's what's been going on with uh, with the opening there. Now, Ralph, how you been besides sick? Um, I guess okay. Uh, besides sick. Um, some, some kids back in school. Mm, how's that? So, routine. Um, it's okay. It's just now it's like, well, now it's, uh, I have to be, uh, free from certain times. You know, I used to be, I'm kind of free until whenever, um, all day, basically after school, after work. Now it's, I have to be free from 2.30 to 3 when I go pick them up. Hmm. And it yeah. kind of, like, it interferes with things in ways that I never, you know, like, don't think it does. Like, I'm making plans with people. Oh, I can't have lunch too late. I have to have an early lunch. Oh, I can't, uh, you know, go to the movies. I have to make them later. Oh, I can't do, you know, like, whatever the case is, it's going to interfere. So, um, but it's it's not a big deal. Um, it's just getting back to the norm. So, first weekend... Um, this week, so he just started. Um, what? Oh, what grade? Third. Wow, third already. Damn. Yeah. Crazy. And then, uh, besides that, let me see. Um, without telling anybody where I work, um, I did get a promotion. So that's kudos. Right? Is this? Uh, well, you you went for it, right? Correct. Yeah. And it's not like, because um, I know a lot of jobs out there, they would just. I'll promote people because, you know, like time due or something. Right, maybe. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, this is a promotion that I had to go for, apply for, interview for. Yeah. So. Nice. Well, well just congrats. That's good. I mean, yeah. um, that's it. I'm not going to ask you for numbers. That's stupid, especially for a podcast where um, we don't even know. But. 
I would say, I would ask, um, what's the, like, is it like, is it mainly a difference in responsibilities or is it adding on to what you have already? Uh, it's a difference in responsibilities. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a no leadership position. So I assume you're going to be working with different people than you have been. Uh, no, so I still work with a lot of the same. Yeah, well, we work with different people um, that I'm normally used to um, because I will have, with my with my seniority at work, it's so low, I'll probably mm-hmm. get stuck with people that I'm just probably not used to working as much. Um, but right. I don't know. Okay. I have a pretty good attitude about things. So. Yeah, seemingly you do. Um, I've only really seen you at work, I think, once or twice. <laughs> and that's because I was working. Um, but that was a, that was a fun, weird day, but otherwise I don't really know you at work, (laughs) (laughs) which is a funny thing that people don't think about when it comes to their, like, you know, when their family or people that are like friends that they don't work with, you know, you never think about that. Like, Oh, how is this guy at his nine to five? You know? Yeah. You know, that is, it's a different world because they're there 40 plus hours. Right. And then it's, you know, it's almost like it's your actual home. In right, a weird it, just, way. it is weird, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's a very strange feeling. It's a th- it's a thought pro. It's definitely a thought conundrum or a thought experiment. I'm very much when people see me, it's always something. Um, someone always comes and bothers me, or not bothers, but like I'll always go like, "Oh, hey, Ralph, or hey, this, or hey, we need you here, or hey, this," and that way I got it. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's always been. It's in a weird situation, like people, or I'm stuck in a spot where I can't go anywhere. One of the one of the two. I'm always caught in between those two. Whenever I see somebody from like real life mm. um, that come to my job, real life, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very weird. Mm. Anyway, um, that's awesome. Congrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, you get over the sickness. You can enjoy your promotion. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, meantime, I technically don't get it in September, but oh, 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 I didn't know that. Okay, there's a okay. specific. Yeah, yeah, they have to. I thought you were going to get a little bit already. Okay. No, no, no. no. I mean, they are already giving me responsibilities, but like, I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. I'm not getting paid for that yet, so I don't know. That's bullshit right away, by the way. <laughs> well, yeah. That's like where I'm hard-knowing things. What else is there? Yeah. Um, no, right. So with me, nothing nothing that substantial by any means other than um, I guess I have been working more, but I'm you not going yeah. to shop talk that exactly. But I've been having just like, kind of like one day off a week and it really doesn't feel like a day off because all I do on that day is do the things I can't do on my other non-free days like shop, laundry. Like really, it's been like that and then I feel like I'm working every day really. Um, it's just, it's fine. It's not like a major thing. It's just a, a small thing. Um, but more important than that, I got a Blink camera uh, from from you. How is that working? Oh, I mean, I can send you videos if you want of cute animals. So, yeah, that'd but, be great. Yeah, if you want, yeah, I can do that. I haven't made any, like, editing things. They're just raw videos right now. So we're going to go with it. So it's good. Everything's going to work out well. Say it again? It's working out well. Like, oh, yes, it is. I, I um, It was hard to figure. Well, not hard. It wasn't hard at all, I guess. But it was like, it was, um, I was wondering how to... No, no, no. How to work it? No, no. I'm oh. not that old. I figured it out. It was that evening I figured it out, you know. And um, and I played with it at first, like moving it around, kind of in front of them, see how they take it. I know the light turns on when I activate it through my phone. It's very interesting. I never played with any of this. I've seen people play with it. I've never played with it myself. So it was all kind of a fun toy for me. 
and uh, I didn't get it for home security. I obviously I got it for my gliders, and um, and I just have it right now resting on top of the cage, and I have it between the bars. The camera looking between the bars and looks perfectly down, bird's eye view, right into the cage. And so periodically at work, I would just look at it, right, see what they're doing. And I'm, already I'm noticing different things. Like I know why they're so. One of them is so tired because Zelda, the youngest one. Mm-hmm. is on the wheel for literally hours. Oh, really? For hours, because uh-huh. I would notice it like at uh, 2 p.m., let's say. Uh, the first day, actually, I did this. I put it up, and I was like way more excited to check it, and I was like making sure, whatever, um, that it was working, and they weren't moving, because they moved it once, but otherwise it's fine. Um, and I looked at it like Zelda's laying on the wheel. Like, oh, that's cute. Uh, two hours later, I'd look at it. She's still on the wheel. I'm like, okay. Two hours later, she's still on the wheel. I assume she's been on the wheel this whole time. I didn't check every minute, but like, yeah, I but... assume that bitch never left the wheel. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so I'm like, no wonder when I get home, you guys are like are not interested at all with. I'm not saying playing with me, but getting up or right, anything. Right, right. <laughs> like, jeez, like, damn, girl. <laughs> um, and no, it's been it's been a cute thing for sure. Um, I. It's uh, playing with the night vision combo differences. It's, it's a fun toy. It's definitely recommended. I definitely want to find different angles, finding a way to put it uh, somewhere else on the in the ca- on the ca- around the cage. I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to be difficult. The top is just the easiest, right? But like, I need to figure out a way because I want to play with different angles of the way they show the wheel only, like in a good view. But yeah, you know, just have stuff like that and just for the hell of it. It's just for fun. Maybe I'll post some stuff. It's nothing for anything. I'm just having fun with it. New toy. That's what I've been up to. Uh, nothing else majorly either. Um, I've been, um, you know, I've been uh, over the last uh, three months, I want to say, I discovered TikTok. By discovered, I mean, I knew about it, obviously, but I never went on it. But I have been now. And uh, I've been doing this fun little thing where, like, I do recipes based on the videos there. Mm-hmm. And I've made two, and one of them I made this week, and it was really tasty, actually. It was really nice. Because um, I only look at the ones that look possible or that give clear-looking directions, because some of them are just, like, seemingly thrown together, and they don't really tell you how to do it. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, I skip those. But uh, if I have the ingredients, and I'll be like, I'm like, I look at this one like, oh, yeah, I think I have all those ingredients. And I just did it, and it totally worked, and it was tasty. And I may do it again. Mm-hmm. So that's been fun, too, I guess. Just having fun doing that. Um, but that's really it on that. Now, now we uh, typically this is the time where we get into some recent discoveries. So, Roth, you you did not blow your entire load last time, where you saw seventy five movies. I know in one week, crazy. I was going for two for the whole year, really. Right, right. I was going for two this week, but I fell short because I got busy. Mm-hmm. But I did get mad. I did manage to see one. Still proud of myself. Okay, um, and yeah, it's in theaters too, so it's not like you went out to see it, right? Exactly, I had to go out of my way to see it. Damn, that's how in, that's how invested I am in the show, right? You guys know <laughs> to bring you like recent discovery, right? right. What is it? it? Uh, all main reason I didn't go watch other movies, I went to go see sports live in, in person. Anyways, um, oh, right. Uh, by the way, sports, yeah, get ready for me to watch even less movies. Uh, Free Guy, I saw Free Guy the movie. Um, it's a quick description. A bank teller discovers that he's actually an NPC non-playable character, that's what it means, inside a brutal open-world video game. Uh, this is directed by Sean Le- uh, Levy, or Levi, hmm. uh, starring Ryan Reynolds, uh, Taika Waititi, really? 
Yeah, Jody Cover, uh, Lil Rel Howery, uh, Joe Keery, and uh, uh, Utkarsh uh, Amdukar. Ah, uh, Amdukar, sorry. And then we'll leave it at that. The uh, So basically a video game movie. Um, my friends wanted to see it. I wanted it. I was somewhat interested in it. My friends were actually way more interested in it than I was, and I was just like... Why were they? I, you, know what, I, you know what it looks like? It looks like a slightly better version of that Adam Sandler where the Atari characters are attacking. Uh, pixels? Pixels, yeah. Am I wrong? It feels the same, based on the trailers. Uh, sort of. So, like, the oh, it feels like a the... Disney version of that, a game with, of that uh, movie with um, the Olympus Has Fallen guy. Gamer. It's called Gamer. <laughs> yeah, Gamer. Yeah. Right? It is called Gamer, yeah. yeah. Um, that was like uh, a delve into like uh, VR kind of thing or whatever. Right, yeah. I mean, this is this is like the Disney-fied version of that. Right. I, I can see what you're saying. Um, Again, all this based on trailer. I haven't seen any of these movies. Speaking of Disney, um, I, I want to say um, this is uh, Free Guy is made by Ryan Reynolds' company. The, 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 the production company? No, wait, the the booze, right? <laughs> no, not the, the production company he's got or something like that. And I think they got bought out by Disney. Of course. Um, and they have... That's like a Tuesday like, for them. Right, which is fine. But they have... Because they have like certain intellectual properties in the movie that you're like, how the fuck did they get this? And it's like, uh-huh. oh, well, Disney's just went like, sure, you could use that. You know, so they're yeah. like, so what do you think happened there? Do you think the conversation in those offices went, mm-hmm. uh, you know, guys, in order to make this free guy movie more genuine to people, our audiences connect with them more, make those make those trailers pop, is to actually use these characters, right? Uh, characters, that really exist. voices, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Kind of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, right? Kind and, of, yeah. um, and like, okay, let's go ask Disney. And Disney's like, <clears throat> their big cigar, right? And they yeah. and they they start the cigar with hundred dollar bills, right? Um, right? And they're like, how about this? I'll buy your company, and then you can use our our rights for whatever. Uh-huh. And cut to free guys company, and they're like, uh, sure. You think that's how I went? Uh, probably not. It was more like I would say it was more like they just got bought out. Hey, by the way, we're doing this movie. We should probably use some of your resources. You mean our right. resources, right? Right. <laughs> you know, they're saying our now. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, you never know. I can see what you're saying, but uh, it was it was it was held at the right moment, and obviously it made that scene better and cooler. Um, but still, nonetheless, like uh, I'll give you a quick description of the movie. So overall, like I don't know why my friends were really excited to see this. I guess it's because it's, it's technically a video game movie. It's its own. It's its own video game made up in the made up for this game for this world for this movie. Which means it's better than most video game movie adaptations already. Right, probably. Yeah, um, it's just like in its own thing. So they take the liberty of all the actors are acting it as if they're in the game, you know, and then they'll show the game sometimes, like when it's the real world, and it doesn't look like it looks like them, but it just doesn't look like it looks like a game version, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go back and they're like, "Oh, like we're shooting a real movie," so. Only they do video game aesthetics. There's a lot of things that are going on in this movie. It does, it doesn't, pa- it doesn't. Um, you have to know about games. Like it's not going to pander to to like anybody who doesn't play video games here. Like if you never played video games and you watch this movie, you're still lost for the fact that it's doing things that only video gamers know. 
You know what I'm saying? So like it's still doing well, like that those yeah. up, right, it's still doing those high jumps, power ups, all those things that you know what happens, how to do in a video game, or you know what to expect in a video game, and things like that nature. So it's very much catered to people like that are gamers. Um, I would assume, I'm not saying anybody can't watch this, anybody can watch this, but you'd probably feel a little bit left out. And you'd probably just be like, I'm just here for the story then. And then you'd have to watch just the story, because everything else is like, there's got to be a shit ton of Easter eggs, like, I almost want to watch this movie on my TV just to pause. Is that, hold on, is that this? All right, cool. Hold on, was that this? You know, like, kind of shit like that. Because there's probably so many things that I missed out on. Um, but besides that, the movie isn't bad. There's a cool story. The um, They're about to get rebooted or whatever because there's a new version of the game coming out. And uh, they're trying to figure out something about where, uh, what's it called? Uh, about some code about the game where an IP was stolen and they're trying to get it back. And that's in the real world, but it has to go through the video game world. And, uh, and that NPC who becomes a, who kind of like breaks out of the NPC, you know, routine and becomes an actual, not playable character, but almost like a living role, uh, has to do with it. The whole, the whole thing. Um, and it's, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting to watch. And that's Ryan Reynolds' character overall. Uh, so overall, the movie is interesting, and it was fun to watch, definitely. And uh, funny at times and everything. Um, so I still had fun watching the movie, man. Um, I wouldn't know if I'd recommend it going and seeing theaters. Um, unless mm-hmm. if you have, like, AMC stub or premiere or whatever. Or if you're watching it at matinee, man, it would be a great movie for this, I would say. Right. Um, and then, yeah. If, yeah, if not, obviously, just wait for... Whoever is going to get it and then just watch it there. Yeah, I mean, there. I mean, right now movies or uh, video games in general are at a time where like they can get away with not having to explain shit because most of their audience members would know what they're talking about. It is interesting. To, you know? it, it, it is an interesting world yeah, we're in that I yeah. feel like I'm catered to without being catered to. Yeah. Also, it really kind of bothers me um, a little bit the notion of these movies coming out because there's others like this, like Wreck-It Ralph. It's a good example. Of this type of movie. Um, probably Pixels. But again, I've not seen that movie. So I'm just guessing there. But anyway. Um, it bothers me a little. The implications that. Um, that. Artificial constructs. Made for entertainment. Are coming alive. And having their own sentience. Is uh, really bothers. Really bothersome. To think about. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like. Um, yeah. It's not. It's not very. Um, I'm glad you caught that. I, I literally said it like breezing through it. You said it who? I said that like br- the movie treats that like it's breezing through it, but it's the main like the main plot of the movie. Well, I guess so. Again, I guess it makes sense. That it would be it would be bad. It would be, be a more of a bad movie if it didn't even look think about it. Mm-hmm. But Rekhoff doesn't really think about it, as far as I remember. Um, anyway, whatever. It's kind of uh, kind of troublesome to think of that stuff. Um, anyway, so we're gonna. That's what you saw. I saw two movies, one of which is actually in theaters right now. You can also access it through Disney Plus if you pay thirty dollars. I did neither. Wink, wink. I saw Jungle Cruise, starred starring uh, The Rock or Dwayne Johnson, as well as um, what's her name, Blunt, Emily Blunt, <laughs> and uh, this is their Disney adaptation remake, whatever you want to call it. Of like, I don't know, oh. is it? 
the ride. Yeah, the ride, but it's not the ride though. It's also isn't it also like based on some adventure novel from back? I, I'm trying to remember. I, really I think it is. Yeah, it's. Uh, I just don't remember the name of it. I'm sure someone remembers and is yelling through sure. their phones. But anyway, it's based on that shit, and it's like um, a jungle adventure. Now, now there is a couple of uh, fun things in this movie for sure. It's a, this is a fun movie. It's a fun romp. It's an adventure. It feels very adventurous. It feels somewhere between a kid's adventure movie like uh, Muppets Go to New York, you know, um, or Takes Manhattan, whatever the name of it is. Mm-hmm. And it feels like it feels like a cross from that to like, um, I'm trying to think of a good example, um, A Gear of the Wrath of God, uh, which might be too, too. Uh, to uh, what do you call it? Indie of an example. Not enough people know that one. For some reason, I can't think of a good a fucking adventure movie that is more hardcore. But whatever, a hardcore adult version of it. Mm-hmm. And it's very much like a, it's it's not YA either because everyone's an adult in the movie. There's not a single YA person. But it uh, the tone of it is all very nice and not 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 exactly not too wholesome, but not exactly not wholesome either. It's not like it really has this nice little balance, right? Yeah, okay, that's good. Or Tomorrowland. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of Tomorrowland, too, a little bit. And, uh, so it has, uh, like, it's not afraid to, you know, talk about death. Uh, I think it has one shit in it, you know, things like that. But, like, the the the, the thing is in Bridal with Magic, and it's set in the n- earlier in the century of last century. Jesus, we're in the new century. Um, you know, and it's uh, it's the, the rock fucking taking pe- taking giving people cruises down the Amazon River. In the South America, and uh, and the magic that he gets into with Emily Blunt's character, who stole a valuable, uh, valuable arrowhead, like a special arrowhead thing that supposedly unlocks the secret of something in the jungle. Right? I'm being a little vague, but I also don't remember all the details. And um, and from there, the adventure starts, and the people chasing her that she stole it from are Nazis, and they're and the main Nazi guy is played by Jesse Plemons. So you get some Indiana Jones feels, right? Where like Indiana Jones versus the Nazis movies, uh, which is two of them, by the way. Um, yeah, it has that stuff in it and it's fun. And uh, I really overall recommend it, especially in a family setting. I do recommend it. Now, I did see it alone and it does have problems for sure. But I think the uh, not only is the money in the screen, but the charm and the acting is on the screen too. Mm-hmm. And I even like some of the choreography with the fight stuff that was going on. I would say it's um, it's like maybe not as good as the first Pirates movie in the mm-hmm. sense of like originality or fun timeness. Very similar tone, but you know because because you know they have weapons, but they don't they really mainly use swords and they use acrobatics to get around. You know, um, just like Pirates of the Caribbean. But I would say that this movie is better than any of the sequels from the Pirates movies. So there is that. Um, so I, I do recommend it. It's not for everyone, but I recommend. It. Would you recommend my son watching this movie? I think he would have fun. I mean, there maybe there's a couple like of if, scenes if I, there with bugs I, or if I like. If took him to the movies to see it, yeah. he'd have fun. I don't see why he wouldn't. Okay. I mean, again, does he have any phobias with uh, creatures, animals, things like that? No, not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Okay, because there is some stuff with uh, mud, bees, snakes. Anything with that or, or spiders? No, he likes scaring people with snakes, like with fake. Oh, snakes. I know. I, I was there for one of them. Hilarious. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. So, okay, if he's good with those, I say that that might be the only imagery that's like that can be nightmarish for someone. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I can't think of anything. I mean, sure, he likes tigers, right? It's a cool tiger pat in the movie. 
Yeah, I mean, I think then that's fucking probably. badass. Or is it Jaguar or Cheetah? Fuck, I don't remember. Wow, um, that's you literally picked two different cats after. <laughs> yeah, but they're a cat. They're like a predator cat. I just don't remember the name of it. Panther? <laughs> no, it wasn't a panther. That much I know. Watch it's a panther. Watch it's the one Watch that it. I think. Watch it's bobcat. It's a bobcat. No, no, it's bigger than a bobcat. Uh, okay, so anyway, just don't go who's blah, blah, blah. Um, next movie here. I saw this one. Finished it today, I should say. I started it actually last week, but whatever. I feel like an old person. I started it last week, but I finished. Um, Gunpowder Milkshake is a movie currently available on Netflix. It came out recently, I want to say last month. Yeah, I was going to say, like, didn't you talk about this movie already? No, we, we, I talked about it in the, with you personally, but not. That's like, what it was. Yeah, you were telling me. And I was like, that's why I didn't say anything. I was like, yeah. like I don't know. I, I, I remember him talking about it. Was, yeah. Uh, three generations of women fight back against those who could take everything from them. That is a terrible plot description because that's not what it is. That's, I mean, that's what it ends up being about, but it's not about that. Anyway, um, <clears throat> this is a movie by uh, Navo, Navo Pupachado. No, Papuchado. Hmm. Navo Papuchado. Okay, cool. He did a movie called Big Bad Wolves, which I enjoy. Um, that's part of the reason why I saw it, but this movie has a cast of Karen Gillian, Lena Headey, Carla Gugino, Michelle Yeoh, um, Joanna Robin, uh, Paul Giamatti's in this as the, the one awesome male, I guess. Angela Bassett is a badass in this movie. It has some pretty cool badass chicks in this movie, honestly. That's what, that's what it is. It is an action movie for that. You know, think of the movie like, uh, Nobody. Um, only less hardcore and the violence and Why just flip it? the genders, you know? Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's about these super, it's like, uh, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Kill Bill, where it was like, or like John Wick. There is a whole underground world and a system in place for hitmen, people who provide like illegal weapons or, or drugs and mafia people, all these people that know each other through these systems of like merchandise and, and services it's all like there, but like it's not as deeply. It's not as like wild. It's not um as intricate as the John Wick movies, but they've also had three movies to do stuff. This is just one, but it's there though, and the movie does a very similar tone stuff with kind of letting you know that there's an underground world of bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Karen Gilliam is a star of the of the show, and uh, as a child, you know, has a uh, definitely issues with her mother, who is also another killer. And she leaves her for like 15 years. Cuts to present day. She's 15 years older and a badass chick who can kill anyone. And you do get that feeling. At first, you look at Karen Gillian. Is it Gillian or Gillian? I'll say Gillian. Um, when you first look at her, you don't maybe think much about it. But she does kick some serious ass in this movie. There's some fun um, action scenes in this movie. Actually, some of them are really back-to-back. Uh, like I, At first, I was like, okay, now this one ended. This scene ended. Now we're gonna like, but no. The, as the next scene very much continues on into the next phase of the action, really, and it becomes a different kind of action scene, but it's still the same kind of, you know, plot thing, and uh, has some pretty good nonstop action in it. Once the plot really gets going, I would recommend it. I like the car thing in the in the parking lot scene. I like when they numb her arms and she has to be creative, you know. Oh, okay. So um, I would say this has a, a very good like. You know, obviously female power kind of stuff going on. Michelle Yeoh kicks ass. Everyone kicks ass. Carla Gugino kicks ass. Um, and it's fun to watch, you know, even if they weren't women. It doesn't matter. They're just fun to watch. And um, let's see. It also, has, it also promotes reading and literature and kind of like 
like getting to like knowledge promotes knowledge in a fun way almost makes me think that this movie i asked myself like is this movie like supposed to be meant for like younger people like i'm, I'm sure i'm not exactly the demographic but i'm i thought i'd be closer than young people but maybe i'm wrong uh because uh you know there's like almost like psa levels of like knowledge is awesome you should read um <laughs> But not really. They don't ever say it like that. Mm-hmm. But they say it by showing it a lot. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So anyway, ultimately, I and I like I like the title by the way, Gunpowder Milkshake. It's a fun little title. Kind of reminds me of a pop song. This is kind of like a pop movie, right? It 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 does feel it does sound like that. Yeah, like a I don't know, like um electronic music song mm-hmm. that that made the hits charts in two thousand seven. Sounds like mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah. And like I said, I recommend this fun times, uh, well made. I think well stage, uh, well um, executed action. The plot is very basic, honestly. You know where they're gonna go, where they're gonna end up, pretty much right away. It's not much of a mystery. After ten minutes, you know what the last ten minutes might end up. But getting there, the journey—that's what's fun. I do recommend it. It's a fun time. Again, not super serious, but a lot of fun. Not not unlike Jungle Cruise, but just with hitman women, hit women. So hit anyway. Women. Check it out. Anyway, and that's what we've been, uh, those are our recent discoveries. So we're going to take a, a break. And when we come back, we're going to review our first movie of the evening in full detail called The Night House. So stay with us. My husband took the boat out on the lake. He took a, a handgun that I didn't even know that we owned and... Did he leave a note? He did. You were right. There is nothing. Nothing is after you. You're safe now. You said you were safe? Safe from what? You know that we're paying people to do that, right? You don't have to do it all yourself. Owen? I didn't think we had secrets. Everybody has secrets. It's our house. But backwards. What the hell was he doing? A widow begins to uncover her recently deceased husband's disturbing secrets. Strange sentence, actually. The Night House, currently out in theaters, starring, starring, not starting, starring Rebecca Hall, um, Sarah Goldberg, Vondi Curtis Hall, Evan, fuck me, I can't say his name, Evan Yoninkite, whatever, the husband, Stacy Martin, David Abilis, and I would say that's pretty much it. Anyone after that was just really small bits. And uh, this is, um, let's see, written by Luke Piotrowski and Ben Collins, mm-hmm. directed by David Bruckner. Bruckner? is known for some cool stuff, actually. This is part of the reason why I chose this movie, 
um, not knowing anything about it. I saw maybe a trailer a few months ago. I don't remember, actually. I don't think I actually did see a trailer, but maybe I did. I just cannot remember. Um, but I based it off the, this guy who directed uh, a couple episodes of Creepshow, the the remake. Not the remake, but the, the new one, the new Creepshow. Uh, he did a movie on Netflix called The Ritual, which I really enjoyed. I think we reviewed it. Did we review it on the show? I'm not too sure, to be honest. Mm, I'm and if we did, I wasn't there. Yeah. Um, we also did. He also did a movie called Southbound, which is very anthology based, but not really. Uh, he did one of the segments on VHS, one of my all time favorite modern, you know, uh, found footage type movies, uh, horror movies. So this guy really likes horror movies, and obviously huge horror guy here. So like, you know, sounded perfect for me. So with that in mind, I'm going to start off first in saying that. I found this movie really enjoyable, um, more enjoyable than I thought it would be, considering where there were times in the movie that um, I wasn't sure if I was going to like where they were get heading, where it looked like it were heading maybe or not enough. But, you know, I saw it with you, Rafa, and you were there. We were both like, I mean, we're both, you know, making fun of it here and there too, not to say we're, we're not immune to this. But, like, ultimately, though, I don't know about you, but I noticed that we were asking, like, we were wondering, asking questions, and we were both, like, trying to not place bets necessarily, but try to put the flag in the idea who thought what first as to what's going to happen later. Oh, yeah. You know, shit like that that people do with movies. I don't know if anyone else does that, but, you know, you try to get all the internet points by saying, like, well, this is going to happen, right? And mm-hmm. then if you're right, then you, you win, right? You win nothing, but you win. Um so yeah, and I found I found myself thinking about that that we're doing it in theater and like yeah, I guess this movie is pretty intriguing, and it does. It's uh, it's almost a, it's almost a puzzle box movie. It isn't. I wouldn't call it that at all. I guess, but it almost is. It has elements of puzzle box like mystery stuff, like the reasons why everyone's doing what they're doing, what she discovers, and so on. But really, it's just like a mystery, but not a puzzle box mystery. And obviously, the difference is that. A puzzle box mystery would be like the movie The Number 23, right? Or like, um, uh, I don't want to say The Usual Suspects. I would say this movie and The Usual Suspects are maybe more similar in their mysteriness. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's about one thing. And this is about one thing also. She's trying to find out one truth that will unveil everything else. And throughout the whole time, you know, uh, you may wonder at first, especially in the first third of the movie, whether or not there's some supernatural shit going on, mm-hmm. right? Something weird. It doesn't seem like it's technology-driven, like The Invisible Man, right? Like that horror movie. Right. Maybe it's more supernaturally driven, like a ghost. You're thinking ghosts a lot. You're thinking time paradoxes or portals or something Cthulhu, you know, H.P. Lovecraftian about it. You don't know mm-hmm. what's going on in this special house that the husband who killed himself out in the boat in the lake right behind their house, you know, like... Oh, weird, morbid, white shit going on. And um, anyway, I found that very intriguing. I enjoyed it. I found that the solutions, um, the only thing I didn't like, I guess, this is not spoiled for the ending. This is just very vague. But uh, one of the things I did not like, I guess, is that um, even though I was satisfied with the answers, I wish they let us, I I wish they hung around with those answers a little more Mm. or let it breathe more before. Not it didn't smash cut to the ending, but it felt a little short when it ended. So I guess that's a complaint. But overall, I did enjoy it. It was a fun movie. It's a cool story. Uh, I do want to talk about it with you more in depth. So, Ralph, what is uh, what are your opinions or first impressions of this movie? Uh, 
yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree for the most part. Um, at first, I thought, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, like, the first kind of beginning of the movie was very paint-by-numbers in any movie I've seen of this caliber, uh, story-wise. And I just, I was kind of like, eh, we'll see how this goes. But as the movie progresses, and it does have you give you that quick little mystery horror uh, aspect of the movie, um, I am interested in it. And like you said, we were talking about, you know... Um, how did it, what's going to happen next and stuff like that. Right. So then, um, watching that, I mean, that was cool. Um, especially cause like it gets me interested in the movie to, you know, more, uh, more, more, it gets me more interested in the movie, uh, as to kind of figure out what's going on. Cause I'm interested now. And, uh, the movie does a good job of like, I guess, it's not really like all horror. It's it's in how the movie brings the horror through it. It's not the jump scares. It's not the stuff like that. In the end, it does a good job of being its own. It's in, in its own little like world of horror, I guess. Um, so I like it for that reason, and it, and it overall works. Um, yeah, it is. It is a weird line that it walks. It does, yeah, it is very, very much so because like it's not your typical horror movie, and it does it does some tropey stuff because I mean you just can't fall away from it but it does its own little cool thing um and i feel like it it, it stays in its own confines you know um yeah maybe maybe it defies horror maybe it's more like a mystery crime thriller it's a yeah, crime doesn't seem right but if crime doesn't crimey. seem right right but it does yeah you're 100 percent correct it doesn't seem crime isn't the right word to use so you can't even use it because what's the crime crime <laughs> immediately when people think crime movies even crime thrillers or crime mysteries immediately you think kaiser soze something like that you think of you cops think and robbers you think investigations you, know? you think drug deals yeah. or something right you know? of course of course yeah. or kidnapped girls or god knows what yeah yeah so, yeah Exactly. Um, very much so. So, that being said, um, I like it. I like what's going on in the movie. Um, I think I want to say I, I pegged it right? right. Yeah, you did. You uh, nailed it in the theater. We, you you uh, made a guess, yeah. an educated guess, and it turned out that your education was spot on. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. guess um, I'm just that good. Yeah, um, as we were watching, like minutes later, like where <laughs> I probably would have said the same thing had you not said it. Yeah. Minutes later, I was like, Oh yeah, you're right. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. like Which is a funny, scene or two like, later. You said something that was also right. Also, um, I don't remember what it was. You said something about. Uh, um, well, we'll get into spoilers on that because I don't want to ruin it. Oh, okay, okay. But, well, uh, if you remember, remember it because I don't yeah, remember. Anything. No, I do remember. I do remember. <laughs> okay. it, but it's total spoiler. It's total spoiler. Okay, cool. Um, so that being said, uh, I did have fun overall watching the movie. Um, but at one point, I did ask, "How long is this movie?" Because I don't know what I was expecting. And I was at the cusp of like, all right, this movie could go either way. It could be good because it's uh, going to be nice and short. Or oh, see we're, about to, yeah. be, we're okay. about to be for another fucking hour here. You're preparing uh, like, for something. You're preparing either for the red herring or the ending. Right, very much and, so. Yeah, yeah I, was, I know what you were doing. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> I, well, I was like, at the time, I asked you and you were like, I have no fucking clue. And I was like, God damn it. Yeah. Um, and which is fine, like it's better to not know anything, right? But, I, would, I would say, I would, even if I knew, I would have said this. I would have said that. It was just like it was. It was one of those moments, like, all right. And I, I, I hoped it was. It was the latter, where it was short and sweet, and not the red herring, because mm-hmm. and, and it ended up being that case because of the fact that it was just like I felt like the movie could wrap up here, and they should. And I was like, or just start, you know, give me the third act now, um, mm-hmm. and they should. Don't don't drag it out. There's no reason to drag this out. And I was like, oh, thank God. Like, you didn't have to drag it out. Um, so overall, I liked the movie. Uh, it was a cool movie. Uh, the only thing, the only shitty experience about the movie was leaving the theater and then the sun was 
beaming in my eyes. Um, oh yeah, that was harsh. That was definitely harsh. We saw a matinee. It was still daylight out. I'm like, fuck. I know. It's, it's always the worst, especially for horror movies because it's so dark and shit. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. And that was also a dark movie. It's all it's a lot of nighttime in that house. Not a lot of daytime. <laughs> no, no, not a lot. Uh, but when it is, it's although my day night theory did fail. You did have a day night theory. Yeah, I don't know if it if it. I mean, there's not like nothing about that, but there's not enough to justify my theory. No, there's not enough. So like that that one that one I that, I failed that one because it's called the night house. So like maybe they really mean it kind of literally, or something. And I went with it um, in that movie theater. And it should be said that uh, by the way, this is the fullest I've ever seen that movie theater that I've been into probably this year, other than whatever big movie we saw with our cousin. Oh, I don't remember the name of the movie anymore. It was. Uh, Fuck, it was, was it the Fast movie? I don't remember anymore. Um, I think it was Fast 9. Besides that one, this is the fullest packed theater I've ever been to, and it was like six people. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I would see <laughs> I've been going mad days every time. I got in the theater by myself every time. Oh, wow. Free Guy's been pretty, was pretty full, but I went in at prime time for that movie. Right. No, did I? No, it I was like, it was mad. It was really like four o'clock, and it was oh, really? pretty, it had pretty decent. Was it a weekend? It was a weekend. Yeah. Oh, that's still. Uh, I still apply there. Oh, okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> so, um, I think we should get into spoilers, but before we do, I just want to quickly say uh, that um, I would definitely classify this as, as a mystery, so definitely be careful uh, as you as you proceed into this uh, accidentally or otherwise that if you don't want to get spoiled of a movie that we are recommending for you to watch, um, and it's, it's a one and done. Nothing. It's like it's like a very good. Um, you know what's that? Not, not the Blind Manor show. The other one. You know what show I'm talking about? The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, it's a very good like Haunting of Hill House. Just a movie length, not like ten episodes. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like a shorter. It's tighter. I would say it works. And uh, to speak about the acting, Rebecca Hall, who plays the the wife and the protagonist, does carry the movie very well. Now we've seen Rebecca Hall carry movies before. I've seen her anyway, even in mystery or suspenseful or just like super serious dramas i've seen her in mm-hmm. um she does carry it well and she does a good job here too so i would say the leading lady works as well too so even if you are like annoyingly confused about the things that you don't know yet while you're watching it i would say that you'd definitely be you won't uh you won't uh, find fault in her performance uh, would you agree with, with rebecca hall's yeah performance? she does a great she's got a great um very good scene with uh where she does some really bad, ugly crying. Yes. And uh, okay, yes. I mean, she sells it. I would say, though, if she needs a little more practice being drunk or like uh, stage drunk, mm. I would say that uh, some, I feel like I felt like sometimes she, I could feel her acting. And, you know what I'm saying? Feel her right. like she's acting drunk rather than actually being drunk. Mm, okay. You know, I would say there's a couple moments there. Because there's like two or three drunk scenes in this movie. There is, yeah. Um, and I would say the one of them involving their friends didn't super work with me. Um, I, I mean, at moments, it wasn't like the whole scene. It didn't ruin anything. But other than that, though, pretty stellar performance. Anyway, um, we're going to the spoilers for The Night House. Night House, starting right now.
Who is this? Owen? I can't hear you. So what was the, the, the thing I predicted correctly by accident that I forgot? You would want to ask that question first. Um, it's uh, the bodies. You said what are there, he's going to have a bunch of bodies. Oh, shit. I did. Yeah. yeah. You, you were like, watch. He's going to have like a bunch of bodies. I was like, Jesus, fuck. That's dark. Right? And that's what I said to you. And I was like, and, and then I was like, oh, yeah. holy shit, he's right. <laughs> I was like, but it was funny because like, I was right about the, what's it called? The, about what's it called the well the main the fucking demon, thing really the main thing yeah the main yeah. part of the movie and and then you were right about the, the 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 fucking husband being a serial killer or like potential or whatever yeah no he was a serial killer but like but he didn't but, get any gratitude gratification out of it no so you're right like, it, it, exactly he's really, a, he's really a bad serial killer right? yeah <laughs> I guess I mean right. it's very weird it kind of reminds me of a Dexter serial killer. Dexter is a show on Showtime, long gone, although they're bringing it back, I hear. I hear so. I mean, I guess Michael C. Hall's like, I'm going to milk this character some more. I'm like, yeah, do you do? Go get a check. Um, Go get your check. Uh, But uh, one of the killers uh, who he admires, probably the best best, uh, acting killer in the the show is uh, John Lithgow plays one. And is it this character? I might be getting it wrong suddenly, but it feels like it's this character who goes out and has a very, very particular set of killings, and and one of the victims always looks like his wife. And it always feels kind of weird, mm-hmm. and this felt the same way when you discovered the the bodies, mm-hmm. because by then you had a conversation with someone. By then she has seen these weird pictures of other women in her husband's phone that kind of look like her. You know, they look like her in the sense like if you see both walking uh, a block away or half a block away, you can mistake them for mm-hmm. the other, right? It's not like they look exactly, they're not doppelgangers, but they are clearly like intentionally picked out that way. It feels like, and not all of them are like that, but most of them are. Yeah. So I thought this was a little bit of that. I thought this movie was actually going to become more of a crime thriller and that the husband built these two houses. Um, out of some crazy, dark-ass, fucked-up thing entirely. Like, I didn't think it was actually going to lead to real supernatural stuff. I thought he built a house to fuck with her post-mortem, you know? Like, I don't know what. I didn't know. I I wasn't sure. Obviously, you were right, like I said, and I said back then, uh, because you you mentioned your theory before. Mm -hmm. I even mentioned the bodies thing before that scene even happened. Yeah. So I, I knew you were right already. Like, I felt that you were more right. But at the same time, in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, this guy could just, I mean, this whole thing could just be a big feint also. Yeah, I could um, have been. And I'm glad it wasn't, honestly. But, like, because, I mean, I don't need some fucking gadgetry to explain all the doors closing and the knocking and the stomping around and the the body face outline. That was very creepy. The the other creature, the the whatever, whatever, whatever he was. It was the demon. What do you want to call it? I. I want to call it almost like the Grim Reaper, right? Grim Reaper, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I feel like he's, he's like, listen, man, I'm I'm over here, and Dude, uh, the I'm way they play com- with the I'm angles coming. of the house to like yes. make him appear, yes. that was and really that, cool. And that's where the movie does a good job with the horror aspect of it. Definitely, definitely, very creepy, very atmospheric. And for, you never know at first; like it always takes you that extra second or two to know what you're watching, or because either it moves. 
or the camera starts shifting away from it, and that's when you see it more. Yeah, it like it's very cool how the it's a movie makes attracts your eye to the to this dark entity, and um, so let's talk about this. Like, what do you like? Do you find the the, the actions of these people justifiable? Let's say let's go with the husband. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do you find them as? Noble, idiot, heroic. Um, do you, I mean, do you forgive him for killing these women? <laughs> like, you know, like, what do you think of him now that it's all over and you know the truth of his well, dad? You, you think, uh, you think Noble for sure, I guess, for like wanting to, it's almost like he's so in love with her. He needs to burden himself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they mentioned that in the movie a couple times that he was so in love with her, right? Yeah. They um, did. and, uh, to the perspective of the friend that you kind of like, okay, that's cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, he'll, he'll do any, it's like one of those things like he'll do anything for love. Mm-hmm. He would do anything to protect her. Um, and that's, I guess what that's like, that's the noble aspect of it, but it's also kind of dumb. Like he goes to the aspect, he, for the fact that like, you're willing to kill these people. And I, I, I also thought it was, it was like dumb, but clever dumb because he gets to the point where he never tells his wife about any of this. Right. Or just decides to move or something. I don't know. Anything else? Um, uh, but clever to the point where how he keeps the thing at bay. Where he keeps these uh, this demon, Green Reaper, or whatever we're going to call it. Um, he tricks it by thinking that he's in love with the wife. And here's your victim, right? You're about to come get him. I'm going to kill her for you. And you're going to get him. And like, yeah, it's like, right, like, um, I can't, well, yeah, I guess it's like, because he it's fakes, like, he's offering like, a sacrifice, but yeah, he fakes not. like he's in love with the person, right. right? He's doing stuff that he would do with the other girl, but she looks just close enough to, like you said, like, if you're a block away or if you have the wrong angle, you mm-hmm. could probably be like, oh, is that Jessica? You know? Yeah. Um, and you're like, no, that's not Jessica. Um, and uh, what's it called? So very much in that aspect, and then he offers like that as a sacrifice. So the guy, the the creature, the demon, or whatever, doesn't come back often. I don't know. I it's don't so know weird. How, what it's, is like? It's like the it's, demon. It's like, it's like it's a clever way, but it's also like it's like how did you get there? Like how did you? Like, right, right. That's what, like that's what I'm gonna say. That's what exactly what I'm gonna go with. I'm like, there's some. There's some leaps that the movie does make. It has to make. Um, not only because um, it's hard to explain some of the stuff, because, again, this whole movie tries to take a very serious look as to uh, the widow's point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, once she's a newly made widow. Right. So, like, we can't ever talk to this man. We can never talk to the husband. We can never really... You can only find out so much of his past through his phone and architect fucking drawings. Um, and, and bookmark pages of books, you know, like you can't know enough to get the whole picture of that kind of thing to explain like, well, how did this start? How did you get from this point to that point? And how is she so, uh, I don't want to say naive, but ignorant to him being able to do this. You know, I'm not saying that you know, like the Harry Potter universe, like killing someone splinters the soul. It's such a bad thing to do. But 
like that changes someone and you know i don't know how do you not notice that you know i'm not saying she didn't notice nothing but she didn't notice that right it's a big difference especially for a guy who didn't want to do it or didn't want to do it for his own selfish like whatever serial killer reasons he had yeah different nobler reasons like we said but still it should affect him even more i I would imagine i know very weird and the guy builds his house for her for this reason and designs all this stuff like a ritual kind of feels like uh the the 13th ghost movie remember that movie oh my god dude i was fucking wrecking my brain about what movie was it and i was like yeah it does feel the same yeah there he goes you, oh, you were thinking the same movie, you just couldn't think of the title? I just couldn't think of the title, yeah. Yeah, it's the 13 Ghosts, bro. They captured 12 Ghosts, and then they uh, summoned the 13th. Or make the 13th? I don't remember anymore. Sure. Not, not, a, not a great movie. It's a fun movie, but it's not a good movie. Um, yeah, stars F. Murray Abraham, of all people. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like that, where you build this entire house for one, like a supernatural house to do something supernaturally. The harness, lock down, diminish create some sort of like portal entryway magic at ether whatever essence or a beacon it's like all these things right like you can it's like doing something like that they never quite explain that but it's enough for like okay that's why he did it and he built and he built he was building a similar house across the lake just to trick this fucking thing like that's a lot of money by the way these people have fucking just spend away money they just do whatever they want yeah um, um you ever watch uh so sorry segue. you ever watch those um home improvement shows like no. uh so they, they they uh the joke is like oh hey my wife is uh you know i'm into collecting rocks and you're like oh, okay cool and then the husband's like you know um i uh i i do horticulture right and you're like oh, okay cool our budget for the for the for our 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 dream house is 1.5 million dollars so you're like how how do you make money doing what you do like how what do you mean you know how do you saying? how do you as horticulturists like no they're bullshitters no I'm what I'm saying you. is like but they'll say that that's their profession you know it's like it's a joke because it's like you feel like they have like the weirdest professions right and it's like oh well I'm a stay at home mom you know okay cool and the dad's like yeah I just do random shit You're like what like but how's your budget a million dollars you know what I'm saying like yeah it's like it's like bullshit I feel like this is the case also with these guys it's yeah. like what does what does the wife do oh I'm a teacher okay so you make nothing all right and then you're like oh okay. And then Wait, it's is like, that what she? Oh yeah, she was a teacher, a college yeah, teacher, she, and she uh, didn't no, look no, tenured. She, she wasn't college teacher. She was like a high school teacher. Was it high school? Yeah, it was high school. Yeah. I only saw the teachers. I don't remember seeing a student. It was high school because no, you never saw a student, but it was the mom. The mom right. defends a student. Yeah. You're right, and that, yeah. that that did feel very high school. Yeah, right. yeah. So uh, maybe right. even middle school, to be honest with you. But well, let's just say high school. Yeah, okay. and then uh, and then uh, you're right. They don't called? make much. Yeah, they don't make much. And then the dad, the the husband was like. What was he? I don't know. He never I mean, he must have been an architect, said. I guess, a hotshot architect. Sure, I mean, but like, explains why he was able but to like, right. Houses. Most architects don't make that much, right? I mean, no, I don't imagine they do. Again, um, Andrew Lloyd Webber, whatever his name is, sure. And that's it, right? Frank Lloyd Wright. Frank Lloyd Wright? Did I say Webber? Oh, wait, that was a playwright guy. Yeah. Very different person. Another three person name, though. Kind of reminds me of this. Sorry, confuse those two. Frank Lloyd Wright. You're right. That's it. I mean, yeah. Trying to remember I was like Andrew Lloyd Webber. How I met like your a... mother. I'm like he mentioned someone. Yeah, yeah. Right. I it, it always makes me laugh and stuff like that. Yeah, also, no. I mean, Andy Hall- scene with the with, with the, the mom with the mom coming in. Dude, I, I was telling you in the theater. I didn't really. I don't know if I explained it very well, but I, I've been 
you know, again, I told you, I've said at the top of the show that I've been watching and discovering TikTok. One of them is teachers TikTok, and they they often do this reenactment thing where they talk about the ridiculous shit that the parents tell them or ask them or demand of them or whatever. And this felt just like those. It felt just like one of like the beginnings of one of those videos. Except that, of course, you know, they don't say, like, oh, my husband died. So what grade do you want your child to have? You know, right. none of them in that way, I guess. That's the only difference. <laughs> but it was uh, pretty It was pretty cool how she just, like, whatever. Whatever the hell out of that one. Um, I didn't think we need a scene, though. Honestly, I don't think it did anything. I don't know why we were, why I was there. Personally, other than to say that she's a teacher and she must deal with this often. But, like, I don't know if it did enough for me to justify having that scene there. It was cool to watch, but not really justifiable um but you're right off i mean a lot of horror movies uh, in order to have the horrorness of it like you can't the, the 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 writer can't be thinking about like these people having to pay bills or having to pick up a child from this school or having to uh remember to eat you know shit like that has to be cut uh, uh, in a lot of these types of movies yeah um oh actually most movies the dinner the food the food stuff they only they usually cut it and they only put a dinner scene when they need some dramatic thing um. Yeah, it's all implied that they can't afford it. When the movie starts, they can't afford everything. Somehow, uh, they can't afford to be out in the middle of nowhere in an expensive ass house for sure. Anyway, uh, you're right. It sucks though. It's really annoying to watch sometimes. But yeah. Anyway, um, what else do you want to talk about in this movie? Um, good question. I don't know. So the the I so just to get it straight, um. When she tells a story to her friend, the one friend that was with... I mean, cool friend, by the way. She was definitely very supportive. Um, when she tells her friend drunkenly about her dying for a few minutes, right? When she was, like, 14. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, is that when you is that when you theorize your thing? No. I, I, didn't, I didn't think of it either. Right. I only thought of it after later on when... When she was reading books or the, yeah. the notations of the, uh, the dead husband, yeah, yeah, right when I saw the yeah. books, I was like, and all the right. three line thing about uh-huh. tricking yep. him and stuff like uh-huh. that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. holy shit! I think you might have mentioned it first out loud yeah. in the theater to me, where like, oh man, that's about the thing with the when she was 14. I'm like, I'm like yeah, you're right. Um, well, so, um, so what do you think it is? I don't think it is the devil because it seems kind of like personal. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, do you think do you do you care at all about not knowing exactly what's going on there? Yeah, like, I don't care. You don't care, okay? No, I don't care because I think the movie made me not care enough. Hmm. See, I kind of, I kind of did want to know more okay. about that. I feel like knowing the the motivations of um the the of everything dark going on here, mm-hmm. I think would have would have helped me understand more. I do have a weird thing about the movie, and I'll tell you, can I I bring you my, like, what it's trying to message for the audience? And it's um, depression overall. And it's like, this is like a a manifested form of depression. Like, it's, um, like, she had to concur this demon who is after her ever since she died. You know, she's probably been... The on the on the on that spectrum of the thinks less than side or whatever the case is, right? Half glass empty or whatever the fell all that shit, all that shit, and um, and her husband was the only reason that she wasn't depressed, and her dying, him dying, brings back all these things, you know, and it's literally just huh? all a story in her mind. I also thought about something like that. Oh, where, okay. 
Yeah. It's like, it's like just, it's like a manifested form of depression, you know? And this is what someone like, or not only depression, but, um, uh, I don't know, not schizophrenia and I don't want to call her crazy, but, um, <laughs> right. but something else as well is just like having issues or problems, you know, and having to deal with them. And it's like, only this is like in the horror aspect and it's sad to say it's real. You know? Well, you know, the great thing about horror movies is that it's a great, amazing way to tell something personal, something personal like this. Yeah. 100%. A lot of horror movies are meant to do this, to question in the face of authority and cultural upheaval. For example, you think of Get Out That Way, mm-hmm. or so many movies do this. Very common thing. As a matter of fact, it's expected of good horror movies, honestly, um, to do this. Now, there are some exceptions, like The Witch, I would call an exception. Don't get me wrong. There's definitely some female empowerment stuff in there going on. You could read a lot into that if you want. But I think overall, I don't think it's doing that primarily. I think it just excels at being what it is excellently, right? I think the Nighthouse, even though I love what you were saying about the depression thing, and I can yeah. see it now, I don't think it has that in it. No, um, that, and that's why I like, I'm just like bringing it up now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, like, a good, it's a good thing, though. I wish I thought of that. Yeah, I just feel like that's, that's like the most I can get from the movie if... If everything, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, if anything, uh, this movie is depicting, uh, like, the best version of a man can be to a, to his wife that I mean, we will never live up to. No. Like, regular people like you and I will never even okay. want to live up to. I would never do that. I would never. I'm like, bitch, I can kill him. Also, get there. I, right, right, right. I have a funny thing in the movie also. You complain that, like, you're like, why is this any of their stuff digitally recorded? Yeah. <laughs> like, why is he, why do they have a camcorder? Like, you're like, this makes no sense. And then there's the one scene in the movie that justifies this, that, because he's like, oh, we've been married 14 years. And you're like, well, if you go back, I go 14 years ago, I go, yeah, those things are still like, you know, that was prime time for digital camcorders. Yeah, Yeah, we're reaching the age where you can't even, like, your parents in the movie can barely get away with not having a phone on them, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I guess. Um, Yeah, anything younger than me, I would say. I mean, the the early 2000s was a real real minefield when it came to horror movies. Like, everyone's like, everyone has cell phones now. Why are these people not calling that one? They're like, fuck! You're right. Yeah. They can just call. <laughs> Who's cutting the line? There's, no, there's a cell phone. There's no right. line to cut. Right. There's no mainframe. Right. There's right. no mainframe. So. Now, the, the, this, the thing they do the most is now is I didn't charge my phone so my battery died. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, but it's just stupider. No, it is, but you it know what's funny? It feels is like that a rundown version of the older ways, right? No, of course, it is a rundown yeah. version of it, but it's it funny because totally. yeah. the amount of people I know that let their battery, their phones die is unreal. Is it's unreal. What is, Astro- which people out there know what? Astronomical. Yes, I guess. Every, you know, so I, I work, and this is off topic, obviously, but I'm going to go along with this. Um, I work at Starbucks, so I often see people's phones when they present their, you know, the, the, the app, the Starbucks app, so I, so I can charge them. I'm always looking for that battery. They're almost all either barely a sliver of green or they're on red. I'm like, I, I never yell at them about it. Maybe one person. And it was probably like a regular, I don't, you know, typically yell at new people. But like, like, what the fuck? These people never charge their phones. Yeah. When do they charge them? It's unreal. I don't know. I yell at Ashley all the time. She was like, oh, my phone's dying. How? Don't you charge it at night? No. Oh. You can charge it at work. She can. I'm pretty sure she, she literally can. doesn't do anything at work. Like she's at well, not do anything at work, but she's like on the desk. How do you not charge your phone? That's like, what I'm just saying. She can't. I can charge it at, at work, and I'm standing up the whole time. 
right. And I don't. I mean, I don't because mine is fully charged throughout the whole day. I can I can find it fine. I, I, I doesn't. I don't use it. Like I don't know what they're doing. Are they playing like three D video games that are like are using all this juice or something? Or I just assume it's um, TikTok. I mean. Uh, I guess I don't go on it for hours on at a time. I'll tell you that. I go on it for like 15 minute spurts here and there. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I guess I don't clearly use it as much as they do. <laughs> anyway, off topic over. Uh, anyway, we'll get off my get off my lawn topic done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all we have on the movie. I, I guess that's a weird time to end. So I'll just say that um, I wish I knew more about the dark entity. I don't necessarily agree with the motivations that led to the husband committing himself, uh, shooting himself in the head. Or in the mouth, I mean. I don't really agree with it. Uh, because the movie kind of... The movie does a very... kind. You were kind of talking about this earlier, Ralph. About, like, he does something dumb, but in a clever way. And I think the movie has to reinforce that the whole time. Because the the whole mystery falls apart without it. The whole... Everything falls apart without it. The right. whole idea of the, all these women. And the, the, the double blinds and the red herrings to the reality of the situation. How everything that looks like a serial killer thing is really much more supernatural. Like right. all that is, it's very cool, but it only exists at the with the foundation that this guy is doing something kind of dumb, not letting his wife know about all this or not like showing us progress of understanding someone to lead up to this. Like all those things are kind of crucial that the movie doesn't give us, and that is probably the biggest problem with the movie. Now that we're in spoilers, um, and I agree with you, but it went but. That dumb thing, though, he does it cleverly. It's clever as fuck to watch it, watch it unfold and figure it out and shit. So mm-hmm. it's still a lot of fun to watch despite that big problem. Um, yeah, and I wish I knew more. I wish I understood more about this dark entity. I wish I understood more, way more about this stuff. Was it tricked? How long was it tricked for? Does it actually work that way? Is it another realm? What the fuck's going on? Right. I wish I just knew more. Any, one more sliver of information would have been nice because this guy, the husband, this loving, uh, awesome husband guy, devoted his entire life to thwart it this way, he had to have known this. He had to be so sure about it, too. You know? He had to be sure to do this. Right. But you gotta say to yourself, okay, this entity is for real. It's doing this. It can be tricked like this. This is what I gotta do. How do you know that for sure? I wanna see that. Where's the paperwork? Anyway, um, that is our thoughts on The Night House ending in a sour note. But either way, still a very good movie. Fun to watch. Recommended. In theaters right now. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to review another movie that's currently in theaters as well as on HBO Max called Reminiscence. Stay with us and check it out. You're going on a journey. A journey through memory. All you have to do is follow my voice. We're closed. I know. I'm sorry it's late. We have time for one more job. When the waters began to rise and war broke out, nostalgia became a way of life. There wasn't a lot to look forward to. So people began looking back. Nothing is more addictive than the past. No, 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 put me back. Put me back. I understand. She's moved on, and you should too. People don't just vanish. 
Nick Bannister, a private investigator of the mind, navigates the alluring world of the past when his life is changed by a new client, May. A simple case becomes an obsession after she disappears and he fights to learn the truth about her. This is Reminiscence, uh, the film written and directed by Lisa Joy. Lisa Joy, who um, famous for a few things, being a writer on Burn Notice, Pushing Daisies. I think that's where she got her, a lot of her start from. Um, like literally those two credits and this movie and one more credit are her only credits. So she's still new, but, you know, hard hitting. She's fam- most famous for being the co-creator of Westworld. Which, yeah, she also um, directed a show, an episode, right? I believe so. I'm not 100% on that. I know she's a writer mainly. I don't know what else she's done on there, but I know she's... Uh, she wrote most of the episodes. produces, too. And stuff. What? She wrote most of the episodes for Westworld. Yeah, a good chunk. Definitely. She's like... You know, she shares at least, you know, equal parts to the creativity as uh, Jonathan Nolan or whoever the other guy is. Sure. Um, who is the brother of Christopher Nolan, of course. Um, anyway, so... She's known for like some sci-fi stuff, and here she is again making a standalone movie, original movie. As far as I know, is it based on anything? I should I should check that. It I is not. Know. It I is not. So. Doesn't look like it is. And uh, as I say right now, re- real quick at the, at the start, not that this movie is like amazing or anything, in my opinion, but it's um, hard to see, difficult these days to see a movie that is based on nothing original, especially sci-fi and concept. Just saying, kind of rare. You know, so should give it props for originality in some fashion. So this is a, a film noir, really. And uh, this time we're going to start with you, Rob, as to what you thought of Reminiscence. Um, okay. I thought it was a cool story, cool story, cool uh, world. I love worlds, um, unique worlds in general, where they're, you know, we're dropped in it. We talk about this all the time, being you know, Oscar. Um, about just dropping me into your world and then, um, you know, letting me, letting me find out what the rules are. Of it, right. right. Building the world, putting the details in the background. Yeah. You don't need to, to give me a 10 minute description of what happened. Right. Before. Right. Yeah. Right. For, very much so. Um, I love the, I love the fact that even though we do get a quick description of it, I'm like, just letting you know, we're in Miami, but you know, just in case you couldn't tell because it looks all fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. Um, that being said though, I like the world a lot. Um, what's it called? And then, uh, so that, that works out really well for me because it's like a believable future uh, to the certain extent. And then, um, mm-hmm. and then the, the overall story of where, how we do things and what's going on. Um, I thought it was cool. I thought it was a cool sci-fi aspect to it. Um, very interesting. Uh, I almost felt like I wanted more explanations, but then I found out that I didn't need anything besides what I got. And I worked out really well. Um, What's it called? I didn't need to have anything extra. They explain something later in the movie that there's no spoilers really, but it's just like um, a different version of what he does. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So at least I know where we are in, in this time with whatever technology he's using and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the actual plot of the movie goes, um, I thought I actually didn't, I didn't mind it. I thought it was a cool um, noir mystery going on. In the what's it called in the movie, and I love the fact that the the movie has to take place at nighttime um, because of the <laughs> yeah, fact that like, because it's um, a noir, but really because of plot, 
right? But really because of plot, right? right. It's so funny, but it's like it's a really cool like little like I didn't notice it in the beginning until I was like, oh wait, everything takes place at night. It just makes sense because of X, Y, and Z, and they explain it in the movie, and you're like, that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I, for- I forgot the explanation, but yeah. Uh, the explanation was essentially like uh, no one can be like everyone's like depressed, so like no one can deal with during the day. It's mm. like only people at night, only people want to do stuff during the day. It's just at night and during the day is just too. The sun is just too strong. It's like, for it's like everyone walk. everyone lives and works the way I do now, which is essentially right? essentially very much so. Yeah, yeah. which is kind of crazy. Bunch of owls there. Right, 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 right. Um, so yeah, there's that going on in the in the, in the movie. Um, but, uh, I overall liked it. Um, I watched this with my wife and my wife liked it. Um, she cried cause you know, she's a crier and, um, <laughs> she's a what's crier. it called? She's a crier. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to stuff like this, um, overall liked it. I liked the story. I like what was going on. I like that. Everything was, um, very much like a, a, a noir movie should do. Everything's there for us to catch. And if you didn't catch it, you didn't, you, you didn't, you weren't going to get it. Um, there's nothing ever left, you know, like, oh, well, you know, Sorry that you know uh, this little clue that you that no one ever told you about whatever the case is. No, no, no. Very much so. The all the information is laid out in front of you. You as a detective in the watching the movie have to figure it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, everything's there, so that makes it a good type of movie. So overall, it did work for me. Um, I thought it was a cool movie. Uh, super cool uh, plot of uh, what's it called with uh, the sci-fi stuff going on and everything else. So I did enjoy it. I had fun watching it, and I ended up watching this on HBO, not in theaters. I would assume in theaters it would have been a cool movie to watch too. Uh, yeah, I definitely wouldn't have minded it. I did watch it on HBO also because um, convenience, you know. That's it. Convenience is the big reason. That's really the only. That's the only reason. <laughs> but yeah, I have a big TV though. It's great. It sound great. I have my headphones on. Um, yeah, so it seems like you like it. That's good. I, I also very much enjoyed it. I never mentioned this part, but I should probably say who stars in it before. Um, completely forgot. Uh, Hugh Jackman, obviously. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Tandy Newton, Cliff Cliff Curtis, sorry, Marina de Tavira. Oh, I fucked that up. Um, who else? Brett Cullen, Daniel Wu, and uh, oh, Angela Serafian. Serafian. I'm not sure on that one. Natalie Martinez as well, um, who plays the the cop person. Anyway, um, yeah. So what I like about this movie is that um, you mentioned it a little bit earlier. Is that like it really leaves nothing on the on the on the floor, on the you know movie floor. Like it really uses everything. Um, just like a good mystery, you know, this is a, just a thriller mystery. It's a film noir. It is a legit standard. It's a very standard uh, film noir. But what makes it unique, of course, is the, the world setting it's in and like you know the implications of it maybe because um you know film noirs have to have a couple things especially the classic noirs have a couple of staples this movie has them all the the woman the, you know the woman that left them the scorned you know left behind memories right the 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 obsessiveness of finding her or finding something relating to her the um the being alone part of it, the investigative part of it, like talking to people, figuring out clues and stuff like that, and always being in his point of view, which is also true in this case, in this movie. Uh, all that stuff is very true. Even like the visuals, the night times, the, the fucking clothes, the fucking rain, you know, all that shit is true blue film noir things. You know, it is, um, you know, if, if film noir was a genre that was made like, let's say decades later, 
decades later in time, like um, let's say if it was uh, first created in the 80s or 90s, uh-huh. uh, I mean, it would be called it would be called uh, the the emo genre. It would be called something else, but it would be called something similar, and no one would take it as seriously. But because it started in the 20s and shit, and there's been so many more decades of of honing this thing in and subverting it and, uh, you know, subgenreing it and doing revisionist on it. That movie like Reminences can really, um, really look cool. Anyway, so yeah, I really liked it. Totally works. And what I like about it is that it, um, I can see this, and this, it did it for me too. Um, um, it looks like this movie uh, attracts people, I think, with the sci-fi components. The sci-fi elements of this thing is what attracts probably people to the theater. It it's mm-hmm. definitely did me, um, but uh, the sci-fi elements are really the background of what the what the story is, which is the noir part. The noir is more important. But what I, I ultimately, when the movie ended, I'm not spoiling it, of course. Uh, when the movie ended, I found that uh, I like how it used the technology to put like like uh, in a like a period on a lot of the characters in the movie, you know. Um, and I'll, I'll explain more of that later, I guess. But uh, I like how it uses the technology to finally marry with the noir elements. You know, because when you think about it, Ralph, a good chunk of the movie is, uh, well, is this guy, right, who in the war, in some made-believe world in the future, because they're in the future, right? So, yeah. Um, in some made-believe war, he was in trenches, so to speak, but his job was to, I guess, interrogate or, like, find clues from the enemy or to the enemy uh, by putting these people to this machine, this expensive-looking crazy machine um, with drugs and sleeping and everything. Um, You go through their dreams and their memories. Not dreams. I meant memories. And going through their memories um, to find all the clues that they need for whatever in the war, right? So he took that and made a private eye kind of thing. It's not a private eye thing, but it really feels like it is. And it's uh, it's he made a business out of it where people can come in and either relive memories that they've cherished, that they've forgotten about, or they don't know the details of. They just want to have like a nice time. Kind of reminds me of Inception a little bit in that regard. You know how people constantly want to want to sleep and dream for ten hours a day because they can't they can't get away. They don't like reality. Uh, it's kind of like that. Other people do it to like you know for it could be nefarious reasons. It could be uh, you know like a killer you know reliving his glory serial killer days, or it could be the other way around, like uh, a cop looking for a killer. You know, and yeah. finds a suspect. Like, can you check this guy out? See if he's my man. So it's very useful. Um, and uh, and the movie uses what in the old days would have just been paperwork and talking to people and piecing together it that way. It uses this machine to have ironclad proof of something. And uh, yeah. it is just a cool way of doing it. But it's basically the same thing, though. It is just the same. If they just took out the machine and obviously took out the time, the the future parts. It's just like any other movie. It would have worked the same exact way, but um, but I like how they uses it and it uses it and it uses this technology, this sci-fi element, really well at the end um, to kind of like bring it home, like marry the noir with the result of the story. And I really liked how it did that. It's a very cool, constructed, fucking awesome little story. Like no possibility of any more. Like it's a one and done. I really liked it for that. Mystery is soft in the in the two hours that it's that it's in, and it's done. And it's um, and I think Hugh Jackman. Um, I wouldn't say his like his best performance or anything like that, but I would say he did a good job. I think he's a great leading man. He's uh, he doesn't have to be charming. He's more like he kind of reminds me of Tom Hanks in Road to Perdition, you know, kind of like 
now that, you know, kind of like torn and fucked up, right? And all this stuff. Um, because Hugh Jackman, like Tom Hanks, are known for being charming always. But in this movie, he doesn't have to be. He's required not to be. And I think he does a good job. And I really like, I really, really like Handy Newton in general. Um, yeah. What else but I think they about? play with the fact that he is charming. You know, like, oh, in, the yeah, I guess. Yeah. in the beginning specifically, I think he is a very charming man. Yeah. Um, anyways, but at his voice also. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, I guess it was. Uh, it's hard to remember the beginning, really, because uh, right after he meets May, you know, it's uh, basically he's either happy with her or ha- or unhappy looking for her. The rest of the movie, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's what we put it. So that's uh, that's something right there. Um. So what uh, what else do you want to talk about in this movie? What attracted you? What would you think of uh, any of the characters or anything you want to talk about before spoilers? Um, it's a good question. Any of that? I don't know. I uh, I, I don't know. What well, what, what do you think of the notion that um, that a business like this, maybe was this? Do you find it believable that this business should have um, been more successful or less successful than the movie depicts it? Because you know the idea, uh, this technology that taps into nostalgia. Yeah. Right. You think it'd be more popular, and maybe it is. For all I know, you know every probably every rich person have their own, you know, there's like, they have their own parlors, you Uh know, maybe they have their own things in their own homes or they have um, a rich version service, right. For it. Um, Uh But the movie kind of makes it seem like he's the only one, you know, I don't know why, but it feels that way in Miami anyway. No, it does make him seem, it feels like uh, he's um, the only one doing it this way. I mean, yeah, that's maybe that's what I meant. Yeah, uh, because how the movie's selling it, I do agree. With it. I did feel like there was lack of interest from what we saw, right? Mm-hmm. Um, considering it was, uh, you know what? But it, then it reminded me a lot of like Total Recall. Um, yeah, it reminded me of Total Recall, where to the point where it was just like, well, people who want to go to this will go to this, and you know, experience something life changing or whatever the case. That's is, true, right? and in Total Recall, like you know. In the world building of it, you could tell there's more services like this. It's not the only one, the one he goes right. to. And right. that a lot of people have opinions on everything, on, on, on it, even if they never go themselves. So, yeah. Exactly. Very much so. So, uh, But I like the fact that it's also, not to spoil anything, because I think they mentioned it pretty early on in the movie. Um, I would say actually, uh, very early on in the movie, where it's, uh, it was also used as an interrogation. It was started off as an interrogation. Um, What's it called? A device. Mm-hmm. To be able to, like, kind of, like you said earlier, ironclad proof. Yeah, I guess that was their way of proving something where, like, testimony is nowhere near proof enough. Or, right. like, yeah, or even a statement like, or eyewitness accounts. Those suck. You need these memories. And then re- record the video, I guess, and that's it. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> right. Without, uh, and really, the where Hugh Jackman's character comes really into play, because he doesn't, you know, and I like this about the movie, also, is that he's not like the maker of the sci-fi. He has no idea. He's not a scientist, an engineer, no. or anything like that. He's just like a very good, um, like a systems manager of it. He knows how to take care of the machine. He knows how to use it. But more importantly, he can, uh, you know, there's a bit of artistry or like smoothness yes. needed uh-huh. with the device where you have to guide <clears throat> the subject into the memory that you need. You know, and uh, in it, the less you know about when you start going in about what you need from the from the patient or the subject. The harder it is to navigate because you don't know what you're looking for. 
So, but anyway, it, there's enough examples in the movie to let you know of that without the movie ever seeing it. Like, hey, I have to do that. I mean, he does say it, and uh, I think when he talks to the cops the first time, when he's looking through one of the, whatever, I don't remember, um, that someone made a mistake and asked a question that didn't work well, and it was frying right. the, the subject's brain or something. Um, yeah, but like, you know, kind of lets you in on this kind of little thing. So he's like right. the orchestra there, guy. There's a conductor. scene or two in the movie, one specific scene, um, that the second scene does it later in the movie, but there's one specific scene in the movie that kind of tells you that you kind of have to be trained into using this machine. Um, it's not just as simple as uh, let me ask a billion questions or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, let me get to what I need to. No, it's you have to know. It isn't like you said; it's like an artistry thing, right? Um, yeah, that he's he's like he can just start people. off saying like uh, where where you know like um, you know what happened to this person. You have to say like okay. Do you know this person? Great. When was the last time you saw them? And then they show that right. memory. And then you go from there. Like, when was the last time you saw this person based on that memory you just saw? Like, right. You know, and things like that. And, you know, and that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. It's connected. Yeah. Um, yeah, very cool story. And uh, I, what do you think of the, the, the world building regarding this, the attack on Titanness of it? I know it's not the same, but the whole thing, the idea is that. Sea level is in fucking rising. Definitely has been rising. You know, uh-huh. so like you know, New York, Miami, all the coastal shit. I assume around the world too. Um, I know they mentioned kind of like all of England's gone, gone or something. Or they said of all of London was gone when London fell. They mentioned yeah. London falling and yeah. south. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's just an island, really. Um. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, all this shit's happening. Uh, the world's fucked up, and uh, you know, I do kind of. I do kind of wish that everyone, I guess this is a, a, a slight against the world building a little bit. Uh-huh. I kind of wish that people had their own like languages and shorts and shortcuts of speech patterns to that were unique to the time, because I can only imagine such devastating worldwide catastrophes with all these cities and countries. I can imagine entire, like, all the Caribbean must be gone, like things like that, you know, right. um, like, we should like there should be like a traumatic response in the cultures of all the people and yeah. i think like even a place like miami should not be immune and i think if i'd seen them talk like differently and i'm not saying like go build to loda and just do a fucking the expanse where you oh, make expanse, up a yeah, whole yeah. thing where you mix yeah, yeah. creole and something else you know no, i'm not saying that but i'm saying something like that would yeah. have been really nice touch now granted it's hard to do that and do it well and also doing it in a way where people can still understand you um, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying that would have been really cool. No, I just don't know how much time has passed for that to have happened. Yeah, they don't mention a year, do they? They don't like. No, they don't right. mention a year, but they also. That's don't good. Mention... I hate when they do. No, that. it's not. It, it's, it is good. But what I'm saying, also, they also very much like they even at one point I think in the movie says like he doesn't even know what's going on in, in like the real world compared to like the stuff that he's just going through. You know? I mean, that I kind of buy. I kind of buy, especially no, in Miami. I buy that 100% too, but what I'm saying is that, yeah. so like the story is so in, in focus in itself that like there's so much going on in the world that. Yes, have, yes. You know, well, that's the thing is that, so that, that you bring up a great point. So, like, yes, I do buy that there would be people in an ecosystem or many ecosystems, especially a place like Miami, Florida, because it's Florida, guys. We all make fun of it. Um, would like, you know, uh, either through selfish way means or through like ignorant means or because, you know, it's life is too hard to deal with that. Like they would like fucking love to forget that shit. 
forget anything about the world, not even know the highlights of what's going on, you know, yeah. so to speak. And then just like survive day by day to day on, on what you have to do or what you want to do. Because um, life is very much fleeting. You know, everyone, <laughs> there's a lot of death around, even though there isn't. I would, I expected more bodies, dead bodies in the rivers, honestly. But n- nothing like that was there. Um, but it reminds me of these other things. So there's this, uh, so this plot, just like also a great staple for film noir is that um, while the detective, the protagonist of the film noir you're watching or reading um, is looking for the dame, right? The damsel in distress or whatever she is, the femme fatale. Uh While he's looking for her and figuring out the mystery of what happened to her, where she is, um, throughout the whole thing, they tend to have this other bigger plot that means less. So like there is this plot involving... Uh, I don't, it's not like a politician, but it's like a really rich guy that controls a lot of the assets in Miami. I forgot the guy's name already. But uh, it, you know, in the beginning, they show some news thing about him, and uh, you know, this thing is related to him, and it's related to this drug angle that's uh, that has been, um, you know, whatever, f- uh, fucking with people this for like years now, and it's very addicting, and no one can come back from it, and all, it's a made up drug, whatever, doesn't matter. Um, sure. But there's this whole conspiracy and plot revolving around that that has very little or nothing to do with the with the femme fatale he's looking for, but it's always there and it's touching on it. And that's another big staple of a noir is like the more important actual life saving conspiracy or investigation that he should be like shedding light on is being ignored because of his selfishness, which is where like I think Hugh Jackman, an interesting cast. For sure, because again, Hugh Jackman—you don't typically think think, uh, think of uh, as a bad guy necessarily. Um, he's kind of portrayed to be also, you know, on top of being portrayed as not a badass, but like almost badass, like a badass light. But more than that, he is um, selfish and ignorant, and willfully is there to just like do what he wants and justify his actions, even if they're bad. You know, so he's not like exactly a great hero. You know what I'm saying? He's not a hero. Or like, he's just our protagonist. It's like, it's the protagonist we get, not the one we deserve or something. I don't know. Um, anyway, it's just another noir thing that works well in the movie. Uh, okay. I think we should probably get into spoilers. So we'll do that right now for Reminiscence. Um, yeah, right now. Will you tell me something I've been wondering about? Before you performed last night, you were crying. Why? That was my memory. Shouldn't you have just seen the things I was looking at? Close your eyes. It's a little demonstration to answer your question. So, you have a boyfriend or someone you're involved with? What is that? Answer the question. Eyes closed. No, I'm not involved right now. Then for the purposes of this experiment, we'll use something more elemental. Your first kiss. Picture that moment. Charlie Mulvaney. Okay. The way young Charlie approached. And the kiss itself. Not just the beginning. The whole kiss. Until the moment you break away. And by the end you saw yourself as well as him, didn't you? Happens with everyone. All right, so uh, what do you want to get into first? 
let's see, I don't know, that's a good question. Um, uh, I don't know, I mean, we could always just get okay. to the video. Okay, uh, I think we should, uh, so what did you think of um, May? Okay, what do you think? Like, did you have, like, different... Okay, here's my thing. So, I don't know if the movie worked this well for you, but, like, um, did you have different opinions of May as the movie went along? Um, I'm trying to think. I should almost maybe ask before that, like, did you try guessing what the ending was going to be before it happened? Like, way before? Like, what the mystery no. was? Did you think, like, oh, she's dead the whole time, or she's a mastermind it, of this? Or? Is it... I... I have a really weird thing with this movie. What? Um, I feel like I've seen this movie before. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, I have a really weird thing about this movie, and I feel like I saw a really long trailer or something that ruined the ending for me a long time ago. Okay. I, I want to say like 2019, which nah, is not that long ago. Yeah, I know. Like, this wasn't. Yeah, this trailer didn't exist then, I don't think. But like. It would have it would have wanted to come out like you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I just feel like I saw a movie, I saw a trailer of this movie a lot a while a long while ago. In my opinion, in my I'll head. tell you something that came out in 2019, roughly that does remind me a little bit of this. What is one? It? it reminds me of Altered Carbon. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you saw the trailer for Altered Carbon, but I know you saw some of it or all of it. I don't know. Yeah, I've seen all of it. Okay, so Altered Carbon very I mean, it, it, it's not a noir. But it has a lot of noir in it. Right. And the building, the hotel he's in, like the lobby, looks a lot like the main room, the memory room. You know, it has a scene oh, core with the columns sometimes and the plaster. Like, it looks very similar. Now, granted, there's no butler. There's no fancy chandelier. So obviously, but, I, what I yeah. bring up, I guess, the, the, <laughs> the one scene that seems very memorable to me in my brain mm-hmm. is the scene where she's uh, she decides to take the little kid. Where May decides to take the little kid. Hmm. Maybe like maybe you're you're reminding yourself of a different movie or something. You must. Be. I mean, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. It's gotta be right. For all I know, but it's be- Westworld. <laughs> but besides, for all I know, it is Westworld, right? Right. For, but besides that, um, did I have different opinions of? May yeah. As the movie so progressed? I did. Right. That's what. That's what I'm talking I about. Own, yeah. I. Yes, but only one different. So what? It only changed once. Okay. So what did you originally think of her? Like when she disappeared, and when you find out that. You know that day he walks. She walks in to look for her keys. Is actually the start of the memory for him. Like you're watching right. the memory sometime later, right? right. Uh, which I knew they were going to play games with that. Oh yeah, right. Once they do that, it's a great. It's a great way to tell you that there's going to be some fuckery here. Right. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. Yeah, that's um, nice. What did I? I guess when did it change, or what was the change? Yeah, like from that point that after, right? You find out that she disappeared. She has been gone. And he's, he's obsessed, constantly reliving these memories. After he told the audience that if you keep doing that, you're gonna fuck your brain up. Um, what uh, what did you think of her initially? Oh, I thought she was already like somebody who was on the run, um, and hmm. somebody who was trying to escape like their past and had to just dip on him, kind of thing. That's what I thought. That's what, like my first opinions of of May went through when I first saw it movie and then as the movie progresses and you find out that she was a junkie right yeah right right. and uh, also left and he goes to New Orleans right and then I guess the the, the only only other thing was the fact that she was a con and conned him um, into doing that and like he was very much that's the only other change I ever got so yeah so it changed negatively for her like you didn't think she was a good person 
No, not like, until she does that one redeeming thing at the end. Right, where she saves a kid and all that, right? Even then, it was just like, okay. Like, I mean, I guess. No, I would say she does successfully take it back, I would say. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess. Yeah. So I had it almost backwards, I would say. Not almost backwards like that, but kind of harder. So I initially, like, I know, I mean, going in here, I know all the pits and falls and how fucking noirs work overall. So, like, I try not to bring all the biases in there, but I immediately have these thoughts like, okay, it's never really the first thing you think of a character. That's the answer. You know, yeah. like, I went that way first, right? That's I'm a good like, way to look at it, yeah. All right. So I'm like, okay. So she seems sympathetic. You saw either she's made to look like I'm supposed to think that, right? Like you just said, like, you know, she's on the run maybe and she had to run away or she got kidnapped or she was found out, X, Y, Z. I right. was thinking that I'm like, okay, I'm like, okay, she could be sympathetic. It could be a whole thing with either the drug or the big, I was thinking the whole time of the big case with the, with the rich guy that owned like all the buildings in Miami because he bought it at the dollars on the penny or whatever they call it. Uh-huh. Um I really thought it had something to do with that. And now it does a little bit, but not really. Um, I wouldn't say that it actually does for real. Um, I mean, it does, yes, but whatever. Anyway. Um, and then when the when you're right, when the, when it was turned around, like I thought that she was, before they said it, I did think that maybe she plotted to meet him. And like it seemed kind of suspect now that I think about it. I mean, he did constantly give his affection to her. And she clearly respond not responded with her face. You know what I'm saying? She was not in it. You know, in those flashbacks. You know what I'm saying? So like I did think of that and I did think that she was either like playing him, but oh, I didn't okay. know the detail that yeah, she yeah. and that guy went to to manipulate him and she, <laughs> Yeah, I was like kinda cool. Like I, I got it right but like half right because I'm like, damn, they really went into it. And obviously I didn't figure the guy into it um at the time. But like damn and like okay. This might be like a noir in like the strictest sense, meaning that it's going to end badly for our protagonist because all noirs end badly for the protagonist. That's another fucking staple, you know. <laughs> like it's never a good thing. Either they live in horror or they die for her. You know, they, <laughs> yeah, they really do. Right? It's so bad. Yeah, it's, it's true. As I mean, it, it, it's as close as we get to Korean crime thrillers because the all Korean crime thrillers end horribly oh, for the character. Saying. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, yeah. I get, yeah. I get you. Like, there's no happy ending. But this movie actually subverts that and makes it, uh, uh, I guess, an overall happy ending. You know? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. It does. He, gets, he got what he wanted. That, that bitch I mean, is fucking... In a certain way, don't get me wrong, he's still like... It's still... A, yeah, he gets what this he wants. This movie should be called Nostalgia, like, right? Like, I mean, be. yeah. Yeah, it does. But like, he does get what he wants. But like, it, but at the extent of him being like jailed for it you know well, okay okay so okay okay you're right he doesn't get what he wants because what he really wants is for may to be alive right obviously <laughs> <laughs> right right um and, and tandy doing the same thing she doesn't really get what she wants as the badass in the movie but she does like which is him in this case but she what she does get is like the the core of that which is like the final push she needed to actually connect with her daughter and stuff um which is great it's good she definitely gets a better ending i would say she definitely she deserves someone better than Hugh Jackman. Is my point. She was not in love with the right man, in my opinion. But like, but like, you know, it's hard to. I mean, I, I don't know if I can say no to Tandy Newton either. So she, when she professes right. your love to her, you know, her love for you. Um, but he did. He he declined it. He's so obsessed. He's such a noir character. Um, so yeah. So I think that okay. If if not a happy ending, then I would say it does go right down the middle 
because it is not the usual. Yeah, thing. no, I would say more down the middle. And sure. why I like this movie as a sci-fi concept is that it brings in the sci-fi element as the as the way to end the movie. Like the reason there this movie is sci-fi and noir is because it uses it to finish the noir story. You know, yeah. like any other right. If it wasn't like that at all, if it was a traditional thing, he'd be in jail. Thinking about her, I guess, which could mean you know, which it doesn't sell. Doesn't really hit the hit the the nail on the head right enough for me to for me to be satisfied with that. I mean, you're not supposed to be satisfied with Anora. The guy's supposed to die or suffer or whatever, but like he would be suffering in jail thinking about her. That's not good. With a picture, that would have been sucky. But in this case, with this technology, he's literally reliving like he's like he's there for decades yeah. because they they fucking cut to them old and shit. You yeah, know? and that's his sentence, which is a weird way to have prisons, I guess. But there you go. I don't know how that works. Like, I don't know how, I mean, how does the, the water work? Like, isn't he pruned up to death? I, I don't know what's going on. They don't explain it. They don't need to. It's the future. Sure. But, like, um, yeah, that's wacky. It kind of reminds me of the, 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 how the prison system worked in the Minority Report. They just stick them all into these sleep pods, right? And yes. They, uh, Yes, and yes, they, yes. but their mem- but their minds are constantly being worked on, and they're, I don't know what they're doing. They kind of just say something offhand, but like the idea is that they're not just sleeping; they're aware that time is passing. Right? You know, it just sucks for them in the memories, but they don't have to move. They're just fucking in capsules. You know, they're buried underneath the ground. You know, um, this isn't like that exactly, but it's a little like that, where prisoners, I guess, are just fucking sent to this fucking chamber and made to, I guess. And this is kind of a cool like just deserves kind of punishment can you imagine being a killer or whatever or and then you're you get caught and then your punishment is to live like that memory or the memory through the other point of view i don't know what's that'd be kind of that's kind of just like just justified right a little bit anyway yeah i get yeah i get what you're saying but he gets the he gets uh but no i like it and the movie uses the big plot which is the conspiracy of this kid and all that the fact that he called the cops on it i totally saw that coming by the way with uh May's secret house with that lady in the middle of nowhere. I totally saw that coming back again. Exactly. When, For which when she part? left. So um, May, does, May talks about how when she left New Orleans in the memories, uh, uh-huh. when he finds out through the drug dealer or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. that uh, she, that she was um, on the way back. And then she, I don't remember what happened exactly, but she had to like get out of the train and she was in the middle of nowhere in the water stranded. She thought she was going to drown. And she found this house on oh, stilts. So yeah, yeah. And I knew the second back. I saw that, I'm like, that's coming back. That's no way it's not coming back. <laughs> so the second the kid was like gone, gone, and was figured like the mother was killed. And the, I'm like, oh, okay, I know where he is. The kid's over there. Now we know why it's used. Uh, because I was thinking the whole time May is at the house and yeah. that's where he has to go. And I was, I was like surprised that he hadn't thought of it when I thought of it, you know? And then yeah. um, when, they, when the movie progressed and they landed on the kid, I'm like, oh, so the kid's there, which means May probably dead. And then yes, I found out she's dead. Um, yeah, but that was a that was a that was a, a, a very cool, very weird um, scene where May's last moments with the drug dealer burnt half uh, Curtis, whatever his name is, um, where like he's talk, she's talking to him as if she's talking to uh, Hugh Jackman. Uh huh. That was crazy. That was really cool. Actually, I liked how. I guess how much she knew his obsession with her. <laughs> like, I, I know, like, that's a lot of, like, chips to lay down on the no, hope that is, someone's going to. It is, but at the same time, I, I, I agree. I, th- I thought it worked well. Yeah. Um, 
But at the same time, I also felt like her killing herself, the way she killed herself, was, like, weak. I felt like she would have been, like, a better struggle if she ran away or tried to fight it or anything. Yeah. At least try no, to, I try disagree to... with that, too. I mean, I, I, I mean, I agree with you. Disagree with no, you. I know you agree with yeah. that. I know, I know what you meant when you said disagree. Yeah, yeah. Disagree with her how she handed herself. Totally. It's so stupid. I mean, I, I get the, the last plead and giving your lover the last note. Right. But, like, and I guess... The, I mean, I guess she thought, or the movies want, want to make me think, that she, she was worried that she would be tortured enough to tell this guy where the kid is. Like, she would fess up eventually. And I guess these drugs would do that in some fashion. But, yeah. like, run away to the point of getting killed then. Like, why don't you try running away? I've seen this place. We saw that that room and that building, like, scenes earlier, right? Uh, there are a lot of entry and exits. I don't understand. There's a bunch of homeless people down there. I don't, I don't understand. Like, you can't get away? It seems right. like you can. It's so not like a fortified it. fucking... It's not like an interrogation room or anything. You know, like right. it's not... I don't know. It seemed like it was possible. Or at least she should have tried, you know? Um, don't get me wrong. I mean, clearly, to make the story work the way that she had to die. But just make it a little more whatever. You know, make it work for it. Um, so, anyway, I agree with you. Rebecca Ferguson, though... Um, not a bad lady to have in your dreams all the time or in your memories. No, not one at all. No, not at all. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, I don't know. Good question. Um, uh, I don't know what I was going to say. The, uh, I wanted to bring up, I guess the red dot, there's no red herring, but the bigger picture, like with um, the whole thing about like, them taking over more land. What were they called? What were, what do they call them? Uh, people who bought the land uh, before, above it, uh, before out of everybody. Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry. There's like a weird title to them. I oh yeah, there was. was a, um. Mm, damn it! It's in the tip of my brain, but no, it's gone. I don't remember. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's all good. Um. Yeah, I forgot what it was. Uh. Anyways, that like that whole world thing going on, where you kind of like get a taste of it with the case that they're working on to try to get them right. Um, you, you get a case when uh, he has to take that case for the whatever he's working for. Yeah. Um, for the prosecutors or whatever, mm-hmm. and then he's uh, and then he's trying to, and he gets them later, and he, like I don't know, I feel like I want to watch the movie again. But but I won't because I just watched it literally like yesterday. Um, <laughs> okay. But I want to watch it like soon. I'm saying just to see if I can catch those things because I feel like all the information has always been there in one of those things. You know. Yeah, some of that for sure was always there. Some of it was held back. Yeah. Um, there's this one scene towards the end. I think the last memory of May that you know through the bad guy. Uh-huh. Um, maybe the last one around there. Uh, May like breaks down, has a conversation with her about to be a killer or whatever. I mean, she commits suicide, but you know what I mean? He gives her all the drugs. Um, right. And she she talks about, like, the trauma, ver- like, the trauma angle of being a criminal, like she is, like, being this low life that since birth they were kind of written to be kind of like lost souls. She I, she says something like that. and she uh-huh. kind of, But she alludes to the fact that, like, you know, we're in this because we're the low lives of this world. We were going to, we were always born in it. We we're going to be in the water forever. We're rats, you know, she's not saying it like that, but you know, she means it like that. And, no, um, you know, 
and she's like not pleading for it or anything. She's trying to make a. It's like the movie making a point, not really her. Um, about the state of everyone in the movie, but uh, I don't think that movie that scene very much worked for me because I, you know, because the person telling you this is a, a famous actress, beautiful actress who is wearing like a great, not a great dress, but like a very nice dress, and like it feels kind of off-putting to see someone talk, you know. You know, it felt like just like it felt odd watching that scene in that way. Yeah. It felt out of not out of character, but it felt out of place. Um, maybe hey. out of character. Maybe it did feel out of character, and I'm just not seeing it right. But yeah, it, it felt weird to me, and I just want to point that out. Um, but uh, otherwise, I, I have uh, I don't have much else. I mean, we could talk about a lot of things for sure, like the idea of torturing someone with the memory, the whole burning thing. Yeah, that whole the last part. I mean, how. Also, they they, can, they don't explain it, but they said something about the how much like uh, electricity or how much power they yeah use electricity the has a lot to do with it right, yeah. right. and that uh, the frying of it of it all like to access the memory tonight get too real or not too real like a Freddy Krueger kind of way but like making it like you can short circuit your brain I guess to relive it forever I don't know yeah. what but like that's what he does to him with the fire um, which is very nice by the way because that was really cool watching this this figured like criminal when he was first introduced like i didn't know that that was the cop from that memory at first and all this yeah and like see you know when they made him this figure i first thing i asked myself was like why would they do that just to make him look nefarious just to make him look like like we don't know who he is yet because he looks so differently than he did in his historical self um but like yeah i'm like yeah yeah it does do that they did do it for that but they also did it so they can like go back to this as the memory to like fuck like torture him with Right, and that was cool. That was like really cool. Another another scene of like using the tech in the movie, the sci-fi of the movie, to like progress this revenge story. Well, it becomes a revenge story then. But yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah, very good movie. Very solid film. I really do recommend it for everyone. Yeah, I was actually kind of fearing <laughs> this movie was gonna suck balls, uh, but I'm glad it didn't. Yeah, right. I also went in there knowing very next to nothing about it. I knew it was future. All I knew and was yeah, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, was in. yeah, all I knew was Hugh Jackman, and there was a. I didn't know about the time machine because I think I saw a trailer for it. Oh, okay. Um, but I think I saw like half the trailer for it, so I really wasn't like paying attention. Mm-hmm. When I go to the movies, I tend to ignore trailers. Like, or I do a I great job it. of. I do it. So do I. But I do a great job of like forgetting. Also, right. So yeah, I get it. All right, so that's uh, Reminiscence currently in theaters and on HBO Max. Check it out if you do, if you, if you're convinced to watch it. Obviously, if you haven't seen it, and you listen to the spoilers. I guess I'm sorry, but still watch it anyway. Um, we're gonna take a break here. When we come back, we're gonna review our last film of the evening, which is what is it? Take Shelter. That's right. Yes. We're gonna do Take Shelter <laughs> as part of our 10th uh-huh. year anniversary. So, you know, stay with us. <laughs> What are you doing here? Not here, man. So what are you doing here? Curtis. I told people what you've been doing. I know. You cut me loose? Everything we've been through? I know. I'm sorry. Hey, hey. I'm fucking sorry. All right. Hey, fucking sorry. You're sorry you wouldn't have cut me loose. We're fucking friends. That's how you treat friends. God damn it. Stop it, do it! 
Mm. Well, listen up! There is a storm coming! Like nothing you have ever seen! And not a one of you is prepared for it! Plagued by a series of apocalyptic visions, a young husband and father questions whether to shelter his family from a coming storm or from himself. This is the 10th year anniversary of Take Shelter, uh, written and directed by Jeff Nichols. And it stars the, I mean, this is a young, definitely before people knew his name that well, Michael Mm -hmm. Shannon. It also stars Jessica Chastain, Shea Wiggum, and Tova Stewart as the daughter. And I just want to mention here Caddy Mixon, or Katie Mixon, sorry, who is in tons of things. She's always like a bit part for sure, but she's always memorable for me. Um, Jeff Nichols is a director who I started really watching out for because of Take Shelter. He did a movie before this called Shotgun Stories, also very good. Michael Shannon starring in that one too. Him and Michael Shannon are tight. They both started their own careers together. So you oh, really? wonder, um, yeah, you ever wonder, um, because there's some, there's some actors like that, you know, who got big because of some indie movie. Usually that indie movie, no matter how big the star, they kind of hook up with that director again. And Michael Shannon is that guy. They, they both started each other off, so to speak. Sounds like really sexual, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, a good example of that is Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, Ryan Johnson, right? Um, right. Think of it. Is that him? Am I confusing him? Whatever. Either way. They start shit. Rick. He also did movies like Mud, Midnight Special, Loving, very good movie. A uh, movie he made called Long Way Back Home, which I have not seen. Completely missed that one. And as far as I know, he has... Uh, well, he has like a weird thing going on here with that. I don't know. His, um, there's a, something called Untitled Jeff Nichols Sci-Fi Project. So, I don't know what that's about. But anyway, but the guy is uh, pretty good. Not prolific. But I like him. And uh, Take Shelter is probably, in my opinion, his best. Um, and he just did a good job there. So my opinion, my thoughts on this movie, I said I picked the movie. And I'm pretty sure it was really obvious to you, Rob, which one I was going to pick. But uh, just to reiterate, here are some of the runners-up. This is, uh, every year is a great movie, great movie year. We always say this. And I'm just going to give you an example why 10 years ago, uh, there was a great movie list. And these are the movies I was thinking about before I picked Take Shelter. These are the movies that came out that year that are also very good. And they came in the running. Uh, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. This is the American remake with uh, David Fincher. Uh, Bridesmaids came out that year. Midnight in Paris. The movie Drive, which we reviewed. Uh, the movie Warrior, which is like my second runner-up right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Contagion, which I might have picked had we not already reviewed it for from COVID-related uh, issues last year. Uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy came out that year a movie called we need to talk about kevin the mission impossible ghost protocol which is in my opinion the best one they've made so far um martin scorsese's hugo came out that year rango came out which is a great animated film um and a movie from i don't want to i want to say iran called a separation came out that year sparked a lot of great international intrigue for that filmmaker uh, Once Upon a Time in Anatolia, which I would never have picked. I would never pick to make you watch that movie. You might be bored to tears, but I really like that movie. Mm. Um, Tabloid, Cave of Forgotten Dreams. Um, Steve James, The Interrupters came out that year. It's a great documentary. 
about Chicago and shit. It's perfect. Um, so yeah, I like good movies. It's a good year for movies. So anyway, Take Shelter I went with. It was just like, it's a perfect movie uh, for me at that age for a burgeoning cinephile. Obviously, I already had seen many movies by then, but like, you never stop, right? You never stop growing on it. I was um, 27, right? 20, 26, mm. 27. So like, yeah, it's, almost, it's still like a lot of like impressions going on. I feel world weary about movies, but not enough yet. You're still very much intrigued by the coolness of movies. And Take Shelter had a nice mix of uh, a very cool like writing and bones of a good story, like in, of mystery, kind of like you don't know if it's real or not. You kind of feel like the supernaturalness. You also feel like the schizophrenia of it. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but also, like, it could be very real. And throughout the whole thing, you see just a very good story about this family and the family uh, low-key, not exactly falling apart like hardcore, nothing like that. Uh, the bond is still very strong, but you see the the cracks of everything happening because of the, the husband, you know. And, uh, and, and it's very poignant. It worked for me a lot well, uh, very well. It still works for me today. This is, like, my fourth time watching Take Shelter. Okay. And I uh, cracked my Blu-ray, which I haven't done in a while. And um, it's a fine movie, you know. And also, Michael Shannon, you know, really uh, acts the shit out of it as a as a midwestern, you know, small town, God fearing man with a with a wife and a husband, and, a, and a, with a wife and a daughter. I meant to say, and a dog and everything. Like he has like a perfect life, and it's actually mentioned to him before, and it feels very much like like oh shit, if his life is this good, you know, it's gonna go downhill, right? Um, but yeah. It's a good movie. Uh, what did you? What do? What do you think of this movie? Not your first time, right? No, no, it's my second time though. Okay. Um, so. Uh, oh, so you saw this pre pre child, and now you're in post child. What? It, yeah, actually, I did. Yeah, uh, I was about to say, like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And then I was like, um, "Actually, did I? You know, I Leo? saw this. No, no, I didn't see this when it came out. I saw this maybe around when Leo was born." Oh, okay, okay. Um, so anyways, um, the movie, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting movie for sure. And it's, uh, it's funny to see a young Michael Shannon because he always looks old anyway. Um, <laughs> does he? <laughs> yeah. He's got that face. Like he's just ready to work the minefields or whatever, huh? the mines and stuff like, you know, um, and then, uh, I don't know. It's uh it is an interesting thing of like, uh, what do you do? Especially, from him just being, you know, like bombarded with these visions, um, and stuff like that, and and how how does he take it? How does he uh, how does he deal with that and all that stuff? Um, it's an interesting thing, right? Especially for someone who's um, very much the man in the house, the man he does everything. Um, you know, the the woman is very much just it's the, the it's the, the the very very big role, and he has to take everything on his broad shoulders, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, the man's man. The man's man, yeah. It, it is very much so, very much that aspect. Um, and then having to deal with uh, his specific life of having a child with extra needs, you know, being uh, deaf and stuff like that. And uh, having to deal with that as well on top of his, no, the normal, the normal stuff. Um, very much uh, putting an ordinary man in an extraordinary situation, I guess. Um, just in a, more like a supernatural, uh, or super, yeah, I guess supernatural would be the right one. Yeah. Uh, situation. And how is he supposed to react? Um, 
So, uh, yeah, I think I dug it more this time around. Um, I think it impacted me probably probably more um, than the first time. Uh, so, but overall, I, mean, I, I did like the movie. And I, I know they do, like, what, three other movies together or something like that, right? Yes, they do three other movies together. Right. Um, Shotgun stories were before this, and the one after this, the one it wasn't Mud. That was uh, Matthew McConaughey. It was like I think he was in Midnight Special with him. They did the movie together, yeah. But he was like yeah. a, he was definitely more of a supporting character. I think. Yeah, 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 very much. Although I want to say he was in Mud too. Again, supporting. I, I didn't see Mud. I saw Midnight Special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Midnight Special I think is on Netflix. I saw it again recently. I want to say last year. Oh, really? Yeah, and it, was, it, was fun. it was still fun to watch. I really liked the, the way it builds up to the ending. It doesn't work as well, I think, with the story. Um, it's not as tight as say as this one, but still, it works. Um, anyway, um, so there's a lot of stuff we can get into here, but one thing I guess I should start is uh, with the family dynamics. This Half this movie is is uh, him and his family, and they, yeah. him, rea- him reacting to them, them reacting to him. A lot of that stuff is going on there, and the movie really well establishes the a big family's part of it. This almost makes it. This movie is almost a family fun movie. Like you can oh. almost show it to a family, but it's like you know when you see a um, a movie about, let's say you talk about like, uh, a toxic relationship movie, or you think of a of movies not to watch with your spouse or your significant other. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of that is because those movies might make you guys fight over something similar and break up because of it, right? Um, this is the same for but for families. Right, like the lengths you would go to for something like this. Would you take something like this seriously? Obviously, this movie also touches on things like mental health. Um, yeah, and third place from those, and I mentioned this very purposefully. Third place from those two things, uh, there is a religious component, and I mentioned that because um, it's easy to read a description of this apocalyptic nightmares, you know, coming true and him taking shelter, protect his family in the Midwest, man's man out in farm country. He now he's a construction worker, but you know what I mean? And God fearing, right? There's like, there's like an actual community church scene. They, one of the first things Jessica Chansey talk about, talks about with, with her husband is about going to this church thing on Sunday with her parents, you know, like it's all in there, but it isn't in there. Like the movie really does not want to highlight it. The movie rather focuses on, like, his worry is not with him being in touch with God in any way like that, as you might, as you really expect. I kind of, even, this is my fourth time, I still expected it, <laughs> and it never came up really. Not fully, anyway, not on, not verbalized, you know, not once. And it was very weird, um, still, to watch it not do that, because it, he's much, much more worried about uh, being like his mother, his mother who was diagnosed uh, schizophrenia, schizophrenic, yeah. when uh, when she was uh, a little younger than he is at the time of this movie, thirty five. Um, so that's a bigger worry for him, and and yet he has this compulsion. That's not right. Well, yeah, I guess it is right. He is, is compelled yeah. to follow these dreams as warnings, yeah, as uh, as harbingers of doom. The way people see the hat man, for those precious few people out there listening that that know about that supernatural phenomena, Um, Harbingers of Doom, something bad's about to happen. And he is either lucky or unfortunate to be told in advance. You know, you think of it however you want from that point. But he chooses to take action as it compels him to do so. And um, 
it's both frightening and then uh, you know it makes you wonder a lot of things. For example, like what the main question is: What would you do, Ralph, in his shoes? Oh, dude, I don't well, know. Man. What would you do? I don't know because like he has some crazy dress dreams, you know. And then he is going through like those. I mean, he's literally pisses the bed, right? At one, yeah, one he of does. The dreams. He does. Yeah, and he feels so ashamed he can't even have his wife get close. Um, that I totally get that. Uh, yeah, I do too. I do too. Of course. I mean, I probably would have told my wife I pissed a bed at a fucking crazy ass dream. What the fuck? Oh yeah, um, yeah. I would still be ashamed though. I'd be like, get the fuck out. Now. Right. One hundred percent. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Of course. I mean, some, like, Give me some Windex or whatever. Yeah. Windex. I don't know. Terrible. I but we know Windex, but yeah. Anyways. Um. So that's besides the point. The uh, I don't. I don't know. I. I think. Um, I'm a different man than he is. Of course, I'm not that uh, quieter type. I'm, but in his shoes. Um, like mm-hmm. in that, in that aspect that like he is dealing with the fact that he has, you know, potentially schizophrenic with his, from his mom mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like I, that would be a big fear, but I would, I would talk it over with my wife a lot. Me and my wife are open enough to the point where I would, I would tell her, I, I have a big fear of that, you know, and I would, I don't know where to go. I don't, I don't know how to see this. I don't know if it's seeing somebody. Um, I don't know if it's seeing this. I don't know if it's. Do I follow up on? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what what to do here. Well, I definitely yeah. don't believe that you'll do anything that he would have done. No, I don't. I wouldn't. I would because probably that, go more the route of, of like this guy seeking. is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this guy's trapped in a different era. It's not the. It's not really the different era, but it, it is. It is though. Yeah, like, no, it is. It is very much a trap. He's, he's trapped in the. Um, he's in the Bible Belt or something because no, like, he. It, yeah. it is the Bible Belt, but he's also trapped in like yeah. almost our our parents' age. Of That's people. what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna like get there. Like, they, it's just old they, fashioned about this. Very much old fashioned. And the yeah. guy is very much reserved from talking to a psychiatrist, like our parents would be. Yeah, like they would never do that. Not never ever, but I can't see it today. I can't see it. You know, so it's them back then in this frame. I'm sure they wouldn't either. Had it been, had they, if they see this movie and think the same question to themselves, like right. he has to, like not kicking and screaming, he does do it again, almost exclusively because of the weight of his mother. Yeah, he does manage to get to a free clinic to talk to someone, yeah. you know. And obviously, when it gets changed, I mean, on the, him, the, the roundabout ways of bringing it up that he can't sleep, he has to say that uh, he's going in for. What is it? Regular shots or something to his doctor, just so he can talk to his doctor in private. You know, like even that, he goes to yeah, that's like ways. classic. Now that's that's a bit that you would hear in '90s comedy, '90s stand-up comedy. Like, yeah, yeah, my husband would fake uh, whatever in order to get a colonoscopy because he's that afraid of saying it to the front nurse desk or whatever. Right. Yeah. You know, like that's a comedy bit that would not work today. And that's no. that's the difference. That's the chasm of difference that we're in, that you're in from that guy. Yeah, of course. Again, this is only ten years apart. This is ten years ago, but still, it's crazy. and it feels present day too. I would say it's not it's not set before this or anything. It's not. No, it's not. Movie. But it is. It is very much like I grew up this but way. The mindset feels. Yeah, the, the mindset. The mindset. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so I would think all that stuff is really holding him back and really inf- and really um, informing his decisions and his actions. And uh, I would say to to a a shady degree, not shady, that's not right, to a um, <clears throat> mixed degree, meaning that I don't really know if he's right or wrong acting this way. It's just right or wrong depending on how his viewpoint is and stuff and uh, what he believes and doesn't believe in general. Which again, I find fascinating that the uh, that the whole religious angle never came into play, really, because his fear of becoming his mother and 
and that stems from his fear of, you know, his real fear is disappointing, destroying his family, letting them down. Yeah, that's where the real—that's the core fear, right? That's the core fear, and yeah, yeah, and, I mean, uh, he is the breadwinner. He yes. is everything, yeah, right, right. And you, he really does have that stoic. I mean, this is where Michael Shannon's good at it. He has a stoicness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I can, I mean, it's so funny because Michael Shannon could also really easily not be stoic in movies, right. but like you can, you can tell that yeah. he's very much uh, from the from the first dream that he has, the dog bites him, right? Yeah. Um, you can tell that he's very protective of his family and he just like, even then he's like, I don't want anything to happen to the, at first you take it that he's almost like taking it offense that the dog bit him in a dream and he still felt it. Right. Um, yeah. I said it hurt all day and shit. Right. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, like you almost feel like he's taking, he's like taking it out of the dog, but it, it is a mix of both. But I also feel like he also, he, he does it for the purpose. Like, Oh, I don't want my daughter to get hurt. You know, like I don't want my family, or anybody else, to get hurt. It's right. it's it's a both reasons, but like obviously the, the 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 deciding factor there wasn't that he got wasn't that he got bit or anything like that. It was that well, if my dog can bite me and it's my dog, right? What what? Why wouldn't he bite anybody else? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like a mix. Of, it's a fear of the other. Like he knows what he would have to do if if his dog bit him. You know. Right, but like, if yeah, it was I agree one hundred percent with what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for uh, you know, and that 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 whole thing with the dog is a great like. It, it shows also something else. Like, uh, it's not an addiction. It feels like an addiction a little bit, but it's like he sees how much how how much of of, of a relief he gets when he when he follows when he acts on his dreams. Like you can see it. For example, first he takes the dog outside. He feels a little safer. He doesn't feel safe. He still feels completely weirded and all this stuff. But he feels a little safer about it. He can probably sleep now. He can put the dog outside. And then he builds a doghouse or buys a doghouse, right, and builds uh, the fence over around it. Makes him feel a little safer. And then when is that a brother-in-law? His brother-in-law, right, or his brother? I don't know who he is. Brother-in-law. That dude that you see only in one scene. Um, comes in, talks to him, and you know, I think it's brother because of the way he's like, "I'll kick the shit out of you," and so I don't know, I can't, I don't remember. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, he comes in, they talk to him. He's like, they're clearly worried. People around him are worried, so they're just talking to him. And this guy is like, no shit kind of man. So he just brings it up right away. What's wrong with you? And all this shit, right? Yeah. And unproductive things he's saying. And um, but as he's leaving, though, he's like, "Hey, would you want the dog?" You know, it's like it's like a progression. He can't yeah. let it go, and when no, he finally lets the dog go, and the guy's like, "Oh yeah, my kids will love him and stuff," like, you know, whatever. And he's like, "Yeah, I don't, I can't have him around anymore." And it's very sad for me because the dog did nothing, right? No, nothing. But and and for me, I would say it would never do anything. But that's how intense these dreams are. That's yeah. how bizarre they are to him. Um, right. That's how real they feel to him. And letting him go, like it's almost like. You can see how the rest of the movie goes the way it does from that point because he that final period on the dog problem, so to so to speak, is um it's like a relief generator. It makes him feel at ease and he wants to feel at ease about this. Right. And he can't do it without protecting his family and so it leads to the shelter problem. It leads to the, all this stuff, you know. And uh, I could see a, a, a different kind of movie focusing on the shelter itself 
we don't uh-huh. spend a lot of time on the shelter. No, the no. shelter is a metaphor, and yeah. uh, and a lot of other things, but it Marvel isn't just the shelter. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I was going to say there's a yeah. similar uh, similar line, similar thing that happens in uh, Field of Dreams, which I just saw recently, right? Um, where uh, in uh, what's his name in the movie? Um, Kevin Costner. Yeah, Kevin Costner goes to the, he, after hearing voices. He's at the he's at the store <laughs> buying. <laughs> Right, buying like whatever he needs, farm equipment. Oh yeah. And okay. then he asked one of the guys. He's like the guy who bought. He bought the farm from. He's like, hey man, did you ever hear voices over there? Like you know, what would? But he says he doesn't say like, did you ever hear voices? Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, I had heard about other farmers hearing voices, kind of thing. You know, like I always wondered about that. Did you ever? Did you ever hear any yourself? Kind of like he brings it up that that way. Mm-hmm. And the farmer totally knows what he's talking about. And he's like, you're hearing voices. What's wrong with you? Kind of shit like that, right? <laughs> And it's like, and they it's like, like, it's it like another everybody. version of saying, like, my friend has a penis problem. Right, 100%. Really yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just want to know, what do you do with an enlarged penis, you know? Um, it's just yeah. very much that aspect. And, like, Michael Shannon does like, the similar thing. <laughs> yeah, um, he does. yeah, he does. So it's just, like, such a, like, no, no. And I, was, I wasn't saying that at all, you know, like, kind of thing. It was just funny. You know, and we were just talking about this as a negative point in the Nighthouse and other horror movies and i wouldn't call take shelter a horror movie just like we barely considered nighthouse a horror movie also uh-huh. um it's it's horrifying and i could see it being a horror movie for some people sure like this notion and stuff yeah but it's not a horror movie at best it's a thriller it really is more of a drama mystery um anyway uh, i'm skipping away from my point here um we're talking about in the nighthouse how fucking these people are always like rich and able to do all this shit and just kind of afford all this stuff and take time off work forever and deal with this supernatural problem or the serial killer there or whatever they're doing yeah this movie very much brings up Grounded. the fact that um, money is a real problem and that's part of the story no it is yeah, that's, yeah. What's, that's what's so great about it it is very grounded it does feel very much i am in this I am I am a I am a person who contributes and I need to you know what I'm saying like yeah and, but it's not just that it's just like it becomes it's an actual real issue because his dreams are really interfering with the with the exact problem he's worried he'll do like if he can't protect his family by building the shelter then he is failing right as a parent and a husband but yeah. also it's making him fail as a parent and a husband now by getting fired losing his insurance not being there for his daughter not making those meetings not paying attention Right? Right. It's doing those things no matter what. Yeah, that's true. It's making him feel probably more inferior as the movie goes on. Which, you know, another person, let's say a person who doesn't believe in any of the supernatural stuff in it, although the end basically fucking tells you that it's real. But whatever. Um, Let's say you don't believe in any of it, right? That it's all just episodic nightmares that he's taking too seriously. Would say that, um, that his anxiety over actually failing his family in life and these interactions and his wife being pissed at him um, is confounding and making and compounding those uh, nightmares more, making them more active, making them more anxious, right? And doing it worse. It's like a cycle, right? You can easily see that as a psychological thing. Mm-hmm. And I could see that argument being made again, if the movie wasn't, if the movie was saying it wasn't real, which is not saying that because it really did happen. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, but another thing I want to mention is the movie does really well that I really hate in most movies is that there is no nagging wife. And also, not a background wife either. Jessica no. Chastain is a, fucking, is a fucking co-star. No, she is. And you know what's funny is that she feels very much like like a, like a normal wife. She's yeah. like, uh, when she brings up things like, uh, don't give me the attitude. Like, drop, drop the thing. Like, no. Right. 
like you can say it, but don't be mean about it. You can say it, but don't do this. Like my wife told me that fucking billion times. You know, like I'm being a I'm being a whatever, and I'm saying it in my, in a mean tone. And she's like, "All right, cool, but don't be a fucking asshole about it." You know, but I oh yeah, I guess you know. And it's like very much checking me, you know, yeah, um, in that aspect. And it's it is very like that is very much like a wife feature. <laughs> like, well, uh, I mean, everything she said when she's actually genuinely pissed off at him or whatever for this and that, which happens like I would say three times in the movie. Um, they're genuine reasons. They are legit reasons. So you can are. understand where she's coming from. She gives him every opportunity to communicate with her, and he doesn't. No, yeah. You know, like, uh, it makes perfect sense. I, you know, for a movie that isn't her perspective, we really understand her perspective. Yeah. You know what I'm I, saying? No, so no, I want to no. say kudos really for the movie do. for doing that. Yeah. You know I'm saying. Very good. And obviously, the daughter, very cute. Obviously, you don't want to see her killed. There's a nightmare about these zombie fucked up people. And they're not zombies, but they're like fueled by rage or something. I, I, I will tell you, the, the daughter gives me that like poltergeist vibes where she's just <laughs> staring away all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, she's, that's how she has, to, she has to observe. She can't hear. No, I know that. It's just yeah. like, it's just a lot of times like, what are you looking at? Oh, shit. No. Yeah. And also the hand, uh, uh, you know, uh, that's a, you know, that's, that reminds me of something. When this movie came out 10 years ago, I remember hearing uh, podcasts. I remember hearing reviews. Or, or reading reviews, I mean, uh, on this movie. And one of the points that people made, some people made, that was a, a negative, I guess, is that they thought that making the daughter deaf uh, was too much. Like, was making it too dramatic, too, uh, I don't want to say too like cutesy necessarily, but like, too fragile or anything like that. But it's like too innocent, too, too much, too many problems added mm. to this dynamic. I that they, didn't, they couldn't really figure out um, like why they they had they felt the need to do this, like to drama to overly dramatize this problem. You know what's funny for me? I just thinking what? of it as a that's just a family having to deal with another, you know, not another issue, but like having to yeah. deal with, uh, you know, that's life. Life deals you these hands. And that's what you have to deal with. Um, I would say that the two things, the two tragedies. I don't want to say tragedies either, because you know, to a lot of people who 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 are deaf. They don't consider that an impairment. That's a different life. I mean, we saw the sound of what was this? Oh, fuck. Sound of metal, right? Yeah. Sound of metal is perfect. They talk literally about this. They have a conversation about this. Yeah. You know how the main character who's going deaf recently goes deaf thinks of this as an impairment, and everyone else around them doesn't. They don't. Yeah. It's just a different. It's like it's like being um, it's like being a dwarf or something. You know, it's not. It's not like. Uh, it's not like uh, breaking a leg. It's not the same thing at all. No, you know? it's not. No. It's a different thing entirely. It's just a different way of life. And uh, I really like that. And it made me look at this movie even more sympathetically towards choosing to make a, the girl deaf, which I think works cinematically more because of the how they have to communicate with her and then how in turn they communicate with each other right in front of her but behind her back. I think it works well with the dynamics of the scenes. I think it. I don't think it does anything too much, personally. Uh, you know, and I agree with you, Ralph. Ultimately, like life throws you these curveballs. This is one of them, and it's not a big deal. I didn't never thought it was a big deal even back then. But I know a lot of people brought it up, and I figured I should bring it up. Um, let's get to the the awesomeness of the ending. I guess you know the whole supernatural angle of it. Like, what do you what do you think is going on? What's going? What do you think about the ending and everything that the dreams meant? Uh, he was the second coming, and uh, he should have. Uh, everyone should have listened. Oh yeah, 
I mean, there's um, that whole blow up scene right at the community center or whatever. Right, that, oh, that whole yeah, that whole scene. There's a storm coming. That, that's also why you hire Michael Shannon for those. Oh yeah, for that for that scene alone. Yeah. Um, talk about like, I almost feel like he's relieved that it happened. Oh yeah, no, it must be. I mean, it must be one hell of I, a weird emotion to feel like oh I, shit, but also I think, I'm right. Babe. I think when he looks back at his wife. And the wife's like, "Holy fuck!" Yeah, they give each other, and then nod. they give each other like just not like, "Well, right. let's take shelter, right?" Yeah, kind of like let's let's go, right? Yeah. Um, he almost wants to be like he. You almost see his face like, "Oh, like I wasn't crazy." Yeah. Like at the same time, like okay, I gotta act dad mode now, and let's go take care of family, you know? Right. And there's um, no, nothing in question that says that that was a dream again because. The, the the kid notices it first, yeah. informs the father, yeah. sees it for himself, and as the wife figures it out, you see in the reflection that the the uh, the coast is becoming you know, more coast, like there's more coast suddenly, there's suddenly more land, yeah. the water's receding more and more and more, which can only mean that the wave must be a mile high by the <laughs> by the time the, the, the movie ends, right? Right. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, there's a big, there's there's a doom element, like this idea of the, the nod, take, let's go, take shelter, right? Is too late. That's the ult. I mean, this is how I feel, I guess, about the ending. Is that it's too late? No, yeah, it is too late. You course. had your chance. Do you were warned to take shelter, and you did not? Yeah, I'm. I'm curious as to like, I wonder how many other people had the same dreams as she did, or something similar to it. Yeah, and they didn't do anything about it, or something. Right, and it's uh, you know, then people start talking about it as a, uh, is this movie talking about the notion of like, I don't know, I don't want to say free will necessarily, but like, you know, not seeing the signs for what they are, letting um a civilized Western society like make you make you choose wrong in your life that leads you down to this potential death or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Is that in the movie? Right, but I, no, it's, it's not in the movie. A but it's, in there. Right, exactly. I, I think it's also. I mean, it brings up the fact that should you dismiss a person's thoughts just because they don't think like everybody else, or because they have a disability, or because they have whatever the case is, right? Should you dismiss those people because they're not thinking like everybody, or because it's not the norm, or whatever the case is? Um, almost like the boy who cried wolf. Do we dismiss those things? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like in that aspect, I'm not saying he cried wolf at all ever. Oh, the one time, but the one time. Um, but at the same time, like, do you? What do you? What do you do? You know, like, is it? Are his? Are his thoughts or whatever less than your? Less than the than normal everybody else's thoughts? Just because his are different than the rest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. I agree, and it's, uh, I mean, like I said, it's not in the movie, but it makes you wonder about those things, makes you think about it for sure. Um, you know, I, uh, for the other show I do, the Supernatural Current Studies podcast, I did a show last year about coincidences, right, and the difference between that and how it works and the statistics of it all, but also the uh, the, the fight of coincidences versus um, synchronicity, right, and uh, you could attribute some of that into his dreams, right? Into what he's feeling about this doom coming and being right. And it makes you question other things. For example, 
is that what's going to happen to the people? Like, are the people going to start attacking random people in cars and shit? Is that what the future he was looking at? Or um, would his dog really go crazy? Meaning all dogs are going to go crazy and attack their, anyone around them because of this wave of doom, right? Or, uh, and or, I mean, not just or, uh, um, will it also, like, does it mean that his suspicions of the people around him, are they... Is that going to come true too? Meaning that his best friend, that obviously doesn't have best friends anymore, um, will he, you know, not betray him exactly because he can't be there? They're all, you know, you know, this family's dead. They're not going to make it out of that wave. Nothing's going to stop that wave from hitting them. Um, but like, is he going to go crazy? His friend is his wife. Would his wife have gone crazy had they not been near the wave? You know what I'm saying? Like, it makes you wonder these things. Like, how right were their dreams? Right. Or they just had to give you that sense of doom and his reaction was to focus on the details and not the overall picture. It makes you kind of wonder these things. I'm not saying there's an answer. I don't have an answer for you. The movie doesn't care about giving you an answer about it. I'm just saying. Right. You know, it's kind of kind of food for thought on it. And I was going to ask you, Rafa, if you, what do you think about that? If you have any thoughts on it. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a question. Jesus. I don't, I don't know, man. To be honest, it's uh, way to laugh at me, by the way. Um, it, it's it's hard. Sorry for the dead air, but it's hard to 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 think on that. And I I I don't know if that's what it. You no, know, you know the movie doesn't care to give you the answer, but. I don't know. I mean, ask it a All different right. way. Let me see if I can give you a better answer. Because, <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh okay, um, okay. I guess my thing. Uh, okay, that's a, a better question. Is the movie giving him details of a potential future? Uh huh. Had he listened to the dreams, or see, that, so that's I guess where I need how more. literal do you take the dreams? Right. I don't know. So that's the problem with the right. I don't know. I don't know how literal I want to take it because it gives you a lot of things. Right, it gives mm-hmm. you. Just in general, your family's in danger, kind of dream, dreams. Yeah, um, that's the literal aspect of it. But then it's like feral human beings taking the kids and her out of the car. Right. Um, big storm coming, stuff like that. So what do you what do you what do you do in the aspect? The dog biting him, turning I against mean, him. It looks like a result of global warming. <laughs> sure. No, um, I just feel like. I feel like the, the 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 thing is telling him. Uh, I don't know if it's signs of the future. I would say it's more of a like you should you should be wary of what what's going what's what what could be coming your way, and mm. this could be something, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's more of that. It would be more of a you should take care of your family now while you still can, while you still have a chance. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I overall agree. I don't think it's very literal. Yeah, or it's not meant to be taken literal. But again, that's all. It's all based on the. It's all you know, based on whatever you listen. Oh, whatever the audience thinks. Sure. On that one, it's not like set in stone. It's much more about family and other things. But I was um, just 
Yeah, yeah. The movie is fun to think about, though. It's a great last moment, though. It's a very good uh, it is, contender you, you, for, you like, um, if you've never seen the movie before, ending of the movie. Kind yeah, of. if you've never seen the movie before, in the end, you get it like that. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a big old shit. It's a good, it's a great way to end the movie. Yeah. Um, great bad, because, again, the implications are all that. This family's fucking dead. Yeah. No way. No way they're making it out. No way. They can't fucking drive out of the state that fast, <laughs> wherever they are. Myrtle Beach, I don't know where that is. Um, uh, Virginia, I think. Is that where they're at, though? Oh, I don't know. What state are they in normally? They, they live, I mean. They mentioned it? I don't I don't remember if they mentioned it. Yeah, I don't know if they mentioned it either. <laughs> Whatever. Either way. I doubt they'll make it home. That's my point. Um, all right. I think that's it for our review on Take Shelter. Ten-year anniversary. It's been ten years. Ever since then, um, Michael Shannon has been in over 100 movies. <laughs> Honestly, probably. I, I can't believe it's only been ten years. Because um, he had been in movies, several movies before Take Shelter. He wasn't like a nobody, nobody, but he definitely wasn't as well known as prolific yet. And it was shortly after this, he was in 10,000 movies. Remember that was like two years running where he was seemingly in every movie? I saw him in everything, I swear. Yeah, it felt like we were watching him in every movie ever. Um, He played Alvis in a movie. (laughs) Like he's done everything. Anyway, whatever. Uh, Prolific guy. That guy likes to work. So anyway, that's it for our show, actually. You have been listening to another movie podcast. This whole time you have been. Uh, don't forget that you can follow me personally. If you want to watch, uh, if you want to see my movie watching habits, you can follow my letterbox, which is at um, Arben Filmmaker. That's Filmmaker with A-R-M-E-N. Uh, same name for my Twitter that I never use. But if you want to follow, you certainly can. Um, what about you, Ralph? You can follow me on Twitter at Don Rafael underscore between the Rafael and the L, and on Twitch at Sutrama. Um, I mainly use my Twitter for my Twitch, which is funny. But uh, mm-hmm. now you can see my face because I have a webcam on uh, Sutrama. Oh, you do? Twitch. Yeah, it sucks because I forget sometimes it's there, and I'll be like, "Oh, hey, how are you?" <laughs> they uh, scratching your ass like, "Oh, okay." Well, no, no, no. I'm kidding. It doesn't catch that angle. <laughs> well, you can still tell, like by the way people shift. That they're scratching their fucking ass. You know? yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to find out now. Yeah. Okay. Um, I missed your last few streams. Anyway, uh, remember, we are a bi-weekly show. Most of the time. Last time we were late, but not this time. Anyway, we are a bi-weekly show, so that means every other weekend. Next time, Roth is going to be choosing the movies. And um, with the marathon, we are skipping another 10 years, so we're going to go to 20 years anniversary. So why don't you start us off with that? What's the 20th year marathon pick you got for us? Uh, I'm picking Black Hawk Down. Um, Black Hawk Down. Ridley Scott, right? Correct. Okay. Because it wasn't Tony Scott. I know Tony Scott was still alive back then. So that's what I was he? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. 2001? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And then the... So yeah, that's my movie. There's a lot of movies in that year. But this is a movie that I, I'll say it now for... And I'll say it again when we do the review. Um, this is a movie that I just... Uh, I haven't seen in a long time. And I don't know why. Because I remember liking the movie. And I mm-hmm. know it's a good movie. I'm not going really, to... Uh, right away, those yeah, two it's things a, are... a war movie based on real real battle, right? Like a real thing. Right, exa- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I remember liking it. I remember... I know it's a good movie. I just... It's one of those movies where I've seen maybe t- three times at most. Um, yeah. And tw- in 20 years, that's crazy. I've seen... I don't know. Yeah, in 20 years. That's, it's, when you put things in those numbers like that, you're like, fuck, yeah. really? It's been 20 years? Yeah, because there's a lot of other movies in this movie, in this list, that I could have picked, like Ocean's Eleven. I've seen that, I don't know, 36 times. Um, uh, Planet of the Apes, I've seen a bunch of times. 
Uh, Lord of the Rings, fucking, I, I can't even count. Wait, Planet of the Apes, is that the, is that the one with, um, is that the, is that the one with, uh, Mark Wahlberg? Huh? Yeah. Plan- really? That came out in 2001? Yeah. You know, I still have not seen that movie. Really? You're yeah, not- I never saw that. I heard it was terrible. Never, I didn't give a shit about Mark Wahlberg. Either. Not now yeah. or then, actually. So. Yeah. Made a shit ton of <laughs> movie, though. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, things like that. It's a bunch of movies that came out that year that I, yeah, I just... No, I think it's a good pick. I also haven't seen it in a while. I've seen yeah. it um, probably twice in my lifetime. I in the twenty years, I guess. Um, I just uh, I remember some scenes for sure. I remember there's a lot of people that are famous now, you know, in that movie. So yeah. that'll be fun to watch for that. But it'll definitely be fun. I think it'll be a good. It's a good pick. Is my point. So yeah. I, I agree. I also need to rewatch it. So anyway, what are the other two movies that we're reviewing, Roth? Uh The other two movies are the remake. What? Uh, remake, remake. Oh, you said that really weird. So I like, yeah, I was going to say reboot or remake, but uh-huh. it's not a reboot. Uh, of Candyman. Yes. Um, so yes. that's Candyman. Yeah. Uh, that's not uh, this weekend. It's not this weekend, yeah, when the show comes out. And then uh, the other movie, to get away from horror, um, is uh, Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, that'll be fun to type every single time I make the edits for this show. Yeah, it's gonna be great. That's on your part. So I should just say Chen Chi, but no, it's cheating. I always write the I always write the full title. I I don't know where I fall with this movie. I'm very much fifty fifty in this movie. Yeah, this is uh, technically the next Marvel movie. It is the next Marvel movie. Is um, this what phase three, four? Yes, I don't know. No, it's, all the phases are done. Technically, it's just right. The, just the future. The, right. Yeah. Right. The, the, yeah. I guess the first three phases just finishes one thing, and that's it. Right. Yeah, the first three phases were all Thanos stuff. And yeah. now we're in a new arc, technically. So this is all like the, the whatever immortals and, and right like immortals. That. That's this year also. Man, they're bringing a lot of stuff. Also. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a that's a good action film. Also very Asian centric and martial arts heavy from the trailer that I saw. It looks yeah. that way. So and this is the guy starting uh, from Kin's Convenience, right? That's not the same guy. Uh, I want to say so. Yes. Yeah, pretty sure that looks like him. I, I binge watched Kin's Convenience like January of this year. Fun show. It's a good show. Anyway, sorry, I'm distracting myself. But anyway, those are the movies. So don't forget to check us out next time as well. Until then, I am Oscar. And Ralph. And not Luke. Ah. See you later. You will not remember the last hour and a half of what you have just seen. You will forget the contents of this movie.